The Limitless Between the Podcast, episode 286, talking to Eileen Mayer and Susie. What I respect, you just can't see. I emailed Susie earlier about if she wanted to, to lead the conversation today, if it needs any leading. I, I do very little anyway on the limitless, but um, she seemed keen. And I'm definitely, without going into the why and the wherefore, I'm definitely feeling more comfortable not in the driving seat currently. So that's my... Yeah, that's my preference today, but anyway, that's what Susie and I agreed. Cool. Susie's the bus driver today. Yeah, so good luck. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be great. It'll be fine. Yeah. Um, thinking of best place to start, because there was such I it's such an expansive text and it did take me a long, a good while to read, but mainly because I'm a slow reader, it was on the computer and stuff, and I made quite extensive notes, probably a full journal of this and what I was thinking, because probably only cover maybe two or three key, key things, and maybe make a blog post or try of some of, of the rest of them. And maybe you might, we might do it together or... Mm, that would be great. Susie, not quick yeah. notes, but Susie notes. Yeah, <laughs> scrambled, <laughs> circular, yeah. Um, um, I think it was would, would likely be a, a good conversation. I think we're um, in three different positions that could create, um, yeah, for an interesting discourse. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I was thinking there's a spectrum here. Yeah, totally. Um, I wanted to maybe as well explore where where maybe the differences lie, or where there is, or at least establish an understanding of where we each fully come from, not try to change or yeah, but yeah, so that we fully know where we're coming from. So, do you think specifically around aliens? I mean, one could even say around that subject. For starters, or where would you start in terms of the? My key question that I have before me is the I question of the trauma-induced spirituality. Right, the biggest subject. Or, yeah, the big subject or trauma, trauma in itself, and then the spiritual, the relationship to the spiritual, how they relate to each other. Um. Yeah, that's the whole question and explore that where we all are on it and yeah just really <laughs> okay start start with the white the big picture then yeah. mm -hmm. yeah. and i mentioned to eileen in our we had a chat recently 
and it's touched on in the book and, and many times I'm like, yeah, totally um, similar opinion. And then at other points, I'm like, mm, no, I don't think that. But in the Steiner one that you read recently, and I, and I went back and listened to it. And of course, when I re-listened to it, I couldn't find the exact quote that really hinged upon. But I remember it, I think sufficiently, I think it was in the second private one or the behind the wall one. And it was something along the lines of, trauma, the spiritual element of trauma can be used, or if it's the key to healing. Was it, was it the part about the spirit, how, how when the spirit enters, it has to destroy, that there's a destructive element to how the spirit enters into it? Into us. No, it was. I think it just in and like from yourself. It was about how spirituality can be spirituality coming from trauma can be a positive thing if it leads us back to wholeness, so that you don't like get lost in it or sure. latch onto it. That that instead of because I understand the position. And in, in the book that the spirituality thing is a, is a question of misleading or something that we latch on to. And, um, and I, I, maybe I'll read out this quote here that I have. Okay. Um, trauma-induced spirituality would be informed by the trauma. This is from POI prisoner of infinity. There might be an authentic enlightenment in contrast to a form of dissociation or fragmentation, which might feel and even look like enlightenment, but was not. So yeah. this is you, yeah. So yeah, I mean, because I would say that prisoner of infinity is mostly about manufactured spirituality, the counterfeit, it's mostly about the counterfeit, I don't. I think it's it's only between the lines the real the real spirituality in that book. I mean, when I'm talking about house renovations and things, there's there's some really mundane stuff in there about my own path to wholeness. Right. But most of the most of the stuff that would normally be associated with spirituality that's described in the book, including my own experiences, I'd say is is closer to the counterfeit. But this is where it gets a bit. It gets very nuanced and a bit complicated because the counterfeit can sometimes just be the frame in which something real has been put. It doesn't have to actually be entirely manufactured, but a real experience gets reframed by these manufactured narratives. And so then it doesn't lead to healing. It leads to dissociation. Okay. But, okay, yeah, I think... Um, so do you think that a traumatic experience can lead to a spiritual integration of wholeness and Eileen yeah I'm, I'm speaking to both of you um, can I ask a question about trauma um, when yes. you refer to trauma is that <clears throat> trauma 
that appears to be induced by um, other, <laughs> other coming from, um, you know, the sense of otherness and uh, a, a, a penetration into our reality? Or is, are you referring to trauma as, you know, my father beat me up when I was a child? Well, well, I'm talking about a trauma is just a sense of overwhelm. And I guess I'm talking about a kind of a shattering. Yeah, I was gonna say the spell is broken in these events is, <clears throat> is how I view that. And, and through my own experience, um, repeatedly shattered or broken, open, wide open. <clears throat> and then what we do with that is, you know, we'll determine, you know, whether we're going to um, engage with it, lean into it, and like I say now is dialogue with it. Are we going to um, use this experience to, to uh, receive a greater understanding as, as we move forward? And for me, that has to do with always it comes back to the body and the evolution of the body consciousness and syncing that eventually with the, the mind. Um, it's like a reversal to me. So trauma, that's why I need to ask what your definition is of trauma, what Jason's definition is of trauma. That's where I got a little confused in my first conversation with Jason. It's like, I, and then reading the book, it really helped really helped me to understand where you were coming from, Jason, in, in most cases with this. Um, I was shocked by this level of, um, I mean, I knew it existed, but this, uh, the dark um, and the evil ways of reframing um, what I feel is already just a, it's, it's just a, an event uh, that is neutral in nature and how we respond to it um, is I feel the, you know, that's where we choose, is this gonna be a disempowering experience that we continue to grab onto other people's narratives or do we empower ourselves to understand what is this? What can I do? How do I engage? How do I grow? How do I learn? So I just needed to say that, you know, the, where I'm coming from foundationally when we speak about this. Yeah, I think it's central. And I also think as well, it depends on what you see as your primary trauma, maybe the age you were and stuff like that. And also with regard to the, the idea of the, counterfeit spirituality and the, the, the thrust or what a lot of the book is about is that it is a manufactured and coming from an induced trauma but I think there is an organic one where you can be traumatized maybe to the same degree as say in an MK Ultra program or not but there it's kind of done scientifically and they can see the results and then the responses and then uh, control it basically, control the, 
the evolution of it or the, yeah, how it goes and how the person adapts onto, because I do think that there is a correlation naturally between kind of a massive over, well, I don't know, I can't speak obviously for, for everyone, but I know I'm speaking primarily from my own experience that, that the shattering that I endured very early on, I think came after some kind of other awakening or awareness to something else. I feel like it's hard it, it, to say that I wouldn't have had that before because it was such an early experience that happened, I think, in my second year. Okay. So my memories only go as far back. What was the nature of that trauma? Um, it was a, an experience of, of, I guess, call it extreme neglect or... <laughs> bad handling that was left in the, in the care of, of, uh, of someone that wasn't equipped to look after me, um, I think in my second year, and it was probably a few days. Mm -hmm. And. Okay, I, was, I just needed to feel the nature of. I was, I was changed by physically and I regressed and I was, categorized as being a failure to thrive when before that I was um, just coming along normally. So yeah. it was a massive thing and it was outwardly expressed from the person that was taking care of me, remarked on it as an overwhelming experience and was profoundly affected by it and my mother and and I, I, I see it as, I think I was just completely shattered, fragmented to the, to the four winds. Mm -hmm. And how I describe it is that in a way I was shot into the future. Ah, uh -huh. and, part, and so part of me was shot kind of into the future somewhere else. And the rest of me was, I don't know, left behind or somewhere else. So mm -hmm. there was an, and, and it's, it's very hard to map fully, although now I think I have quite a, a good understanding of it, but that I had to go back and reclaim all the, the bits and bring them up to speed to the bit that was it was just such a massive gap between the physical and something else. But I see it that, and I think this is the, the, bit, the thing that you said in that Steiner, is that without that um, awareness of something else, the connection that I wouldn't have been able to probably maybe survive and to find my way back. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of describe it as a bit of a free range MK Ultra experience because I was left to no devices and I wasn't um, 
put into any program or anything. I just stum stumbled around um, in my development and made progress and lapsed and made progress and, and regressed. And, and then it started to really surface, I think, um, problematically in my, in my mid-teens. Um, but <laughs> I've talked a lot, Jason. Would you? Yeah. Um, so what I'm wondering is, because I think that you were presenting this as your own example as the, pos the positive outcome of being traumatized, right? Well, I wouldn't say, yeah, perhaps, but I'm not saying that it's a model or that it's a good thing or that imposing it or any of that is good. Okay, well, so that's my question because I can see or, or how. Yeah, I'm not saying any of those things. Okay. Well, maybe I shouldn't have the response that I'm going to have then, but it seems as though you did forget that was the initial context was that trauma could lead to healing. But, but then the question is if you weren't traumatized, you wouldn't need the healing, right? No. That's that. That is true, and you can, and and I know you'll make the point, and it's probably true that everyone is traumatized to some degree. But I think that the trauma from whatever and that I'm not sorry that it happened. It was. I just, I'm not sorry that it happened. It was excruciating, bewildering, but I think I managed to make sense of it and I'm further along than I would have been if it hadn't happened. That is not to say I would want to go through any of it again at all, um, or that, I, that I'm advocating for it or anything like that. I'm just, I mean, that. How, how, how do you feel that you can know that you're further along than if it hadn't happened? Um, because I, it's just a hard question. Mm -hmm. It is a hard question. And I just think I have learned things and discovered things mm -hmm. and come to terms with things. I, I think so too, based on knowing you. And I think that there might have something to do with some sort of ancestral healing. And certainly that you would have learned some skills and so have inside knowledge of trauma this way. And that seems to be that that's helpful in the time that we're living with in. <clears throat> But I, don't, I think that's very different from actually that you would be further along personally or as an individual if it hadn't happened. I think those are two different things. I, I can acknowledge that, certainly not to the extent that you can, because I don't remember my trauma, so I'm still, I still have resentment about it and, and all the rest of that. But I can acknowledge that whatever happened to me, there was some volitional element in it, and there's some outcome that's positive, which is that I'm very well acquainted with the dark, quote-unquote, and with traumatic experiences and material and that's that's allowed me to to help other others 
has mm-hmm. given me a, a knowledge base and a skill set. And I and so I accept that as somehow part of my programming, quote unquote, which I don't associate with MKUltra, but with existence itself, admittedly being born into a very difficult time in, you know, in the in the natural evolution of the species. Uh, but I absolutely don't think that I'd be better off if those things hadn't happened. I wish to God I'd been born in, in, to a non-alcoholic parent and, and all the rest of it. I just I wish I'd had a pristine uh, conception, birth, childhood, and I wish I got enlightened like I was supposed to have done. I, I don't know how I couldn't wish for those things. Well, I, I, I just don't feel that. I just think every, every moment I had was... Uh, makes sense to me it um it was baffling and i was at a loss and so many times but there was always an underlying i don't know sense that it would that i would that that i would figure it out and not even that I would, but from the earliest, I think I was protected by, and this is probably where it gets into, I never had um, aliens or UFOs or any anything like that, but I did have, um, I guess, co- uh, connection or guardians or some protective thing in, in different various formats in, maybe things that were said to me or an awareness of protection that I wasn't getting in the, in the physical world around me, that there was something else that had come in. And I'm talking about quite early on for, so I'm not latching onto something or <clears throat> hadn't been projecting, it was just something and then As I grew and I, as I got older and it, it got more increasingly difficult, I still had this, it's almost like a remembrance or a, 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 there was a vision or a download at some point of what it was like to be completely whole and intact, like it was given to me, the vision of wholeness or that it was there. It was a real experience and it would kind of come and go throughout my life. And I don't know why I could never influenced how it would come along and it would come along sometimes at the most difficult times but it would come in a flash and then it would just leave you back um but just having a glimpse of it made me know okay I'm not completely cursed or there's a that image is enough to keep me going to know that there is a possibility to get out of it and I was like if it's there well then I'll just have enough confidence that I'll I'll, I'll find it I'll work on it and I'll, and I'll find it yes um, if I if I may um, just as you were as you were speaking to describe it I uh, you know and also to include what Jason said a few minutes ago as well as referenced in his book, I feel that um, 
these are events that send us inward or we look outward for the answers. And then because we are in that disempowered off balance state looking to the outer world for answers or explanations, we um, are easily hijacked in that way. So we, you know, we're looking, looking, looking. And, and I think we share this, Susie, if I'm not mistaken, that, um, you know, events happen. And, and we also share the bioenergetic kundalini consciousness transforming event and events. Um, we look, we naturally, we're programmed to look outside for these answers. And that is, that's the, um, the reverse of how um, we are being reoriented through these experiences, I feel. Um, we get reoriented to the inward. And then once that's stable enough, as we, as we map these inner pathways, there's nobody helping us. We have to start talking to each other about these inner roadmaps. Um, but once we anchor into that, then we can find resonance in the outer world or in our bodies. But this path that I share with you, Susie, of being, um, it's like, I've been changed, I've gone within, I have an understanding of how somewhat how this works, but I'd love to have reflection with others who are also walking this path so that we can strengthen this together and, and make it and solidify in the real world, the real, real world. Um, and then the body becomes activated as that resonant instrument and starts to find persons, places, and things in the outer world that reflect that back, that anchoring back to us. But right now, we're trying to find explanations for things that are sort of inward and mostly outward because still the collective says this is what we value. We value what we're given from the outer world and from the authority voices out there. Um, navigating this and trying to um, come to conclusions before we individually fully value this um, interconnection and these events I feel call it trauma, um, traumatic events, I feel we designed before coming here. I honestly feel that these were derailments in my life and, and my trauma was mostly from, you know, big, huge energy visitations that I felt like, you know, and I share this with Jason a little bit, in some of your later in your book, your descriptions of your own experiences, I resonate with that. I, I remember that feeling of absolute terror. But we can't 
overlay our thinking, rational, you know, conclusions based on this smaller spectrum of consciousness, the fragmented consciousness, we can't overlay that logic onto something that is so unknown within our own consciousness. And we're, we're trying to navigate back there. So we set up these, you will be derailed. And Jason, you saying that you'd wish to God that you'd had this, I know you didn't use the word normal, but that you'd, you'd had this path where you know, it would go like so, and then, and then, you know, you would have the enlightenment experience. I, I disagree with that, actually, because if you didn't have the contrast, you would get swallowed up by this small, fragmented reality. That's my view from my own experience, that we have to have this contrast, we have to have these interruptions and I feel you know it's been I write about this a lot and and talk about it a lot that we have to back up and look at the big picture of of you know if you want to just talk about the visitations whether it's angelic guardian et we're going to come up with the images and what they look like you know our own symbols um, it's all to, to drive us into inner consciousness where our power is that, and, and it's a blessing. Now, if you would have asked me a couple decades ago or three decades ago, is this a blessing? Hell no. This is a full on curse. The trauma, most of my trauma came from being reoriented to this and then having to relate to people who hadn't had any kind of interruption in their life. I always gravitated to the people on the fringe because they seem to have these reorientation experiences that, that I could resonate and relate to. So I value, I value this path and, and what I have learned, what I've discovered. Um, and we're, Susie, we have, we, I feel like we both have this, we have this shared experience of, you know, being changed you know, especially through the Kundalini reorientation of, of, of consciousness and then trying to navigate in this existing reality and, and especially communication is very, very challenging because you're aware of so much. And then you have to, and then the, then the okay, how do I say this without them thinking this or that? Or how do I make sure I am clear so that I'm not dismissed immediately. That's, those are some big challenges when you start getting stronger with the inner consciousness and, 
as you referred to Susie as the downloads and you know all of this amazing ways we have of receiving our body in, in this resonant instrument of receiving and being connected to the field. It's amazing. But can we talk about it? Mostly, I find it's you know, very few people are willing to cross that barrier, that threshold from outer to inner um, in actuality. So I think these events occur, whether it's, you know, other that is helping us to, you know, initiate us um, into this, uh, or we see it as ourselves and in our path, and this is just what happened, and I'm going to make lemonade out of lemons kind of a thing. Um, there's so much here, and there's so much in the book that, it would take us 10 hours just to go through the comments. I have over, I have 201 comments on the PDF. They're not lengthy comments or mostly it's just highlighting, you know, like yes, or, you know, they just made a few little comments here and there, but I didn't know if you wanted to make that the foundation of this conversation or not.
yeah, I'm just still interested in in this because this this is the, the the topic that Jason and our Jason and myself first had a year ago, and now we know each other quite a bit better. Yeah, and I've been through some stuff, and I think I've have had similar so many similar issues or back you know life um events or similar backgrounds and stuff and i'm surprised to hear that you said that jason that you you wish that you had had a totally it's insane not to to me you see i'm not saying that i mean it's okay if, if a fairy came down and said you have the power i would i would hesitate so I, so I'm not saying I'm 100% committed to that position because I don't actually know. I don't actually know. But but my reason for stressing it was that what is natural is good, and what is good is natural. And yeah, there's a there's a there's an element of trauma to to nature. There's birth trauma that's natural and it's inescapable. But what I was sub subjected to was wasn't natural. It was extreme. And oh, okay. And, myself, yeah, and, and so I understand it. Well, there's a number of different ways I can try and understand it, and maybe we'll get into them, or maybe we won't. But mm -hmm. the most simple one is well, this is the nature of the world. This is the time that I was born, and nobody came into this world without uh, unnatural degrees of trauma, or hardly unless they were born in the in the Amazon or something. But even just normal hospital birthing procedures are unnaturally traumatic. You know, our whole culture and society is just like a large MK Ultra program at this point, and mm -hmm. and so so I'm not about lamenting the past and regretting the past, but that's because that's foolish. But that's more of a, of a philosophical position than anything, I would say. So I was just speaking from a simple, personal, emotional place, mm -hmm. and also you know I have a philosophical position if you want to call it that or just a felt acceptance that evil has its place in the world and that everything that happens is part of a vast incomprehensible design of existence and you know satan has his place in that realm and araman and lucifer and christ and the demons and the angels and maybe even extraterrestrials you know i don't even rule that out but and it's all at some level, like in the human body, everything is at least trying to work together now. But the human body does get so out of balance that it dies. I can't rule out that the whole of existence could die. You know, this material reality could somehow destroy itself. Who knows? It seems unlikely, but certainly the human race could self-destroy. And this might have happened before, and we might have to go back billions of years and start all over again. So those are the kind of stakes that, that I'm thinking in. And, and so I don't see our trajectory as a positive one. I just see it as the one we're on. Uh, it's pretty hard for me to ignore the negative, even though my day-to-day -day life, I don't have to deal with most of the stuff that's going on in the world, but I hear about it. And we all know about it. You know, the human race does seem to be officially going insane now as, as mm -hmm. I mean, it's, the symptoms are, are there for everyone to see. And, um, 
and there is an inner equivalent to that. Like I'm not, I'm not 100% happy in my life. I'm still struggling with stuff and I'm in my 50s. So, so I can't, although, and the other thing, the last thing maybe I'll say is, is that uh, I have to really try very hard to separate the theoretical and the philosophical position that everything that is has its purpose and its meaning and that even trauma even in you know malevolently applied trauma can somehow uh, be alchemically transformed into gold can be manure for our garden because we can work with anything but that doesn't I, I have to keep that separate from the rationales that these malevolent human beings are using to justify their behaviors and that they're selling to us you know as the kool-aid that that's where i'm still very wary of of agreeing to any of this but i guess i'm not i don't i'm just asking like looking at our own personal situation so the theoretical and what's happening if you, if you only look at your own experience yeah uh, well, that's because the bit that I mean. Microcosm of the of the whole. Sure, and that's the bit that I'm in my fifties, and I still, I still, I still haven't got my shit together. I may never. I may die without having having got my shit together. So I don't see how I can celebrate that just by saying, "Well, I've had a very archetypal life, and I've done lots of really interesting things." If I never really landed in my body and experienced wholeness and fullness. Then I'm going to die with that. I'm going to die with never having, you know, and that's that's a real shame. That's something. But, but what about to lament. you have made huge progress and feel much improved than you did years before? Sure. So I mean, I've made. That if you can make, you know, that that's going to continue on. I can. I can. I mean, I was going to say I've made a, a bunch of silk purses out of sow's ears, and that's not easy to do. You know, but I don't want to rest on my laurels. I don't, it doesn't work. Less and less does thinking what I've done in the past help in the present. It's just right here, right now, where I am. And yes, sometimes it's sometimes if you said yesterday, sometimes it's yesterday, sometimes it's a no day. Today's been a no day. So, so you've got you've got that, Jason. Uh, and 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 then I'm acutely aware that I'm still prey to despair, and I'm still viscerally aware of my lack of wholeness, as I said. And to the point, you know, more than both of you, apparently, that uh, I can't, uh, I haven't resolved my, not just the trauma, but, but the, I guess, resentment, as, as I used that word before, like, there's still parts of me that, I mean, I'm very angry, I'm full of rage, and I'm pretty sure that goes back, uh, if, you know, maybe even further back, but it certainly goes at least as far back to my birth procedures. I can deduce that. And that's, I mean, that to me, that's helpful because we've been talking about the big picture, but to me, it would be helpful to bring it down to the real small picture, which is, for example, birth. I mean, everybody on this planet is born and everybody is traumatized by their birth to some degree. So there is a natural traumatic element to existence, as Eileen's been saying, you know, that we have to enter into different realms of being. It's going to be difficult on the nervous system. And, and that would be true with the Kundalini. And I don't know about enlightenment because Dave said he just woke up and he was enlightened. So that's caused me to question whether really we need to go through terror to awaken. I don't know, but certainly there are definite examples of that. So then 
to me, it gets back to this this endlessly recurring question: you know, where does where does culture end or artificial end and nature begin, or vice versa? What is natural, and when does natural cease to become natural? And 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 this is the, the same. It's not quite the same spectrum, but it's it's equivalent to the spectrum of good and evil, because good and evil aren't. They're not. They are like day and night. They they merge into each other at twilight. We can't just say evil over here, not going to have any of it. Good over here, not <laughs> as a polarity. Like goodness is something that includes evil, real goodness, yeah. and that, that's the mystery, right? But when yeah. we're in the split realm, when we're still fragmented, then it, it is a it's a polarity, and uh, and it, it somehow seems equivalent with the culture or artifice and nature. You can't you can't just have total nature. But once you start getting too much culture, it, it, it gets toxic and then it, you know, it, it grows exponentially, gets more and more toxic. So, and we're, at, we're in the, the late cultural phase where there's more toxins than there are blood cells in the, in the human energy field. Mm-hmm. Seems to me, anyway. I don't know. And, and, you know, I mentioned aliens at the beginning because, and I saw Eileen shaking her head because that's a label and all the rest of it. But uh, that is a sort of marker for unknown cosmic slash spiritual type realms of experience, which I've become, as you know, very suspicious of. But I, but I have my own experiences and in a certain sense, I miss them. You know, I miss that. I do yearn for a cosmic connection, and but I can't. Not I can't believe in a cosmic connection. I know I have it, but I can't. I can't believe in it anymore as anything more than just working the land and taking a good shit and eating healthy and, you know, God forbid, having sex once in a while. Sorry, ladies, but I just want to bring it down to the real, you know, the visceral thing. Just, just the most ordinary, right? I've had to just say goodbye to all that kundalini cosmic alien stuff because a it 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 messed me up so much and b I can't I couldn't same thing really I couldn't incorpor- I couldn't incorporate it into my everyday it was always mm-hmm. a, a polarity oh this is my mundane life but over here ladies and gentlemen when I go to sleep at night I'm astral ubermensch like Whitley Strieber uh, I haven't been able to integrate them. For me, it was all about shoving me, again, going back to what I was saying earlier, shoving me into the present moment. So the present, the presence is in the present moment, whether you're in the garden, you're out on a walk, um, you're having a conversation like this where we're all agreeing uh, to be as as conscious and aware as possible of, of what's occurring right now, because this is what I have discovered, this is where our data comes from. This is where the resonance comes from. This is where the connection to the field comes from. It doesn't matter what you're doing, whether you're having sex or you're planting seeds in the garden. If your attention is here, this is where our PowerPoint is. Now, then I, I, um, I try to listen to um, your podcasts, Jason. I don't always um, get the time to, but when I 
you know, I, I think I'm about halfway through uh, your conversation with Luke and, and I really, I always enjoy the, you know, being the fly on the wall and being, you know, like, oh yeah, I've, I've wondered that too. And, and here we are talking about it. And I, I, it feels great to, to feel like I'm a part of it just by listening. Um, I feel I was, it was, this was coming to me as I was listening to you guys talk. It's like, we, we all have these gifts and, and we hopefully use them and, and, and share them with those around us and, um, and really value our own gifts. I see your gifts, uh, you have many gifts, Jason, but I see that you, you've just done this amazing job of actually mapping the way it works here. And that's really helpful for those, the way I see it, is it's, it's so helpful for those who are like, you know, climbing up a ladder. And, and it's like, yeah, that's right. Jason Horsley said, da, 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 da. And that's how, okay, got it. You know, and then you, you start to piece these things together, not to lose ourselves in the darkness and the pain of it all, but just to be aware, this is the way it works here. And so you're, you're everything that you've done and, and everything that, you know, many of us that are talking to each other now have done so far in the parameters of what I call the old world in this, you know, kind of Vesica Pisces of the, we're in the, the crossover, the in-between between these worlds, these ways of being. Um, we need, I remember when I needed to hear this stuff, like, okay, so my, so I'm not too off here. This, 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 this person's saying it, this, and he's a brilliant writer and he pieces all this stuff together and it's just incredible. It's awesome. These are not places to stay and rest and, and, and redefine ourselves. This is just one of the rungs of the ladder, right? Of um, completely transforming and redefining ourselves. So, I don't prefer that reality, um, this reality that you've helped map out. And, and even if it's just for that, wow, I see it. I don't prefer that. Well, what do you prefer? You know, and, and what, what, what initiates this spiritual cosmic experience? Is it something out there that initiates it? There's something I've been noticing about when you when you have these reorientation experiences, it doesn't just kapow, I'm enlightened now. I mean, that's not my experience. Um, it's oh. I have to adjust to this. I have to integrate this. I have to value it instead of jumping back in to getting my answers from everything that, that's, you know, spun in this reality. Everything is spun. So 
what I discovered is, is the programming goes way deeper than people realize. We think because we're, we're smart and we're having these smart conversations and we see, but they don't see, there's even many more layers of fooling yourself. And I notice it, it's like walking into a cult. When you start to say these things confidently, yeah, I mean, you have to own it, what you're learning and what you know, and you say it confidently, there's, there's something that just shuts down. I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but the shutting down and the glaze that comes over, it's, it's like, um, I don't know, invasion of the body snatchers kind of feel like it's like, wait, where'd you go? Are you, are you there? I lost you. One of your programmed judgments just came in and smashed what I was saying. Because there's no, there's not a dialogue. It's like, wait, where'd you go? Ah, come back. Let's talk about this. No, it just disappears. And the glaze comes over. And, and these are the deeper layers of programming that I'm noticing. Um, and I don't know what that has to do with anything we're talking about, except I'm just noticing, uh, well, I guess the, the mapping. Um, we were going to talk about Prisoner of Infinity, but we're talking about it all goes together, right, Jason? It's these maps. People are, you know, call it centuries and lifetimes ancestrally, it just deeply, deeply programmed. And navigating forward from this presence and the present moment. Um, it's a whole different way of being. And, and, and in one way, it's like, I don't know, shit. I know absolutely nothing. But I trust that if I can keep showing up in this present moment and give my attention to this, that it will grow and I'll, I'll, I'll know how to navigate this. And it's true, I have found this to be true. So everything, I agree with what you've both stated about you know the past, it's like the stories are really fading now. It's like, I'm glad I wrote my book you know, about what happened, just the highlights because it's all fading, it doesn't, fucking matter not even the aliens not even any of that nothing matters anymore except this <laughs> how are we showing up now and are we 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 shared our gifts in the old framing the old reality how are we transforming now to open up to more of our gifts and, and, and be present with that? Or do we hang on to our identity from the past and our stories from the past and go down with the ship, essentially? I think it depends where, where everyone is. Um, well, maybe if we shift the conversation to talking about the the synthetic version 
maybe, um, of the M MK Ultra um, and the Streber model. Um, okay. I thought it, yeah. And, and Jason, that you had initially a response to that that was quite strong in a, would you say, like a spiritual feeling to it? Of the streamer. Yeah. To his experiences. And, be, and I think would like to say that, Jason, when you mostly in your dreams, whenever I hear them, and your dreams to me sound like you are having spiritual cosmic or divine sort of experiences a lot of them mm -hmm. um, the dreams that you have I kind of relate to that and so I think you are having them I think so too yeah I, uh, huh? very much so I don't remember them as much anymore, and it well, almost the ones that you've written. And lately, I thought, oh, like this. Yeah, I remember one recently because I shared it yeah. with you and some other people. Uh, but generally speaking, I feel as though I've, and I feel as though this is creeping in. It's what Eileen was just saying. It's like letting things fade. It seems to be creeping into my waking life as well. That I'm, I, I seem as though I'm. I'm, I'm uh, consenting to not remember stuff. Because mm. I used from, to... From your dreams. Well, yeah, I was starting with the dreams, but it feels as though it's almost happening in my life now. Because uh, uh, I used to, yeah, I used to have a dream journal and a day journal, normal journal, and they're both you know, filled up in a few weeks. I just wrote everything down and I'd remember. I, I could spend two hours in the morning writing down my dreams. That's how much stuff yeah. I remember. Yeah. Um, and, it, and to me, it was like collecting these precious jewels. I'm a writer, so I, you know, maybe I'll work. I mean, my first, one of my very first books was I, I made a fiction out of my dreams. And and that, um, I, I would say that's, and that's Streber, isn't it? That's symptomatic of a condition. But Eileen was saying everything is spin in this world. So then we learn, I learned to become a spin doctor myself. I want to spin. I want to weave my tales of power. Mm -hmm to use the Castaneda reference, to create my crucial fiction, to use a Horsley reference. And, and, and uh, that's the trap. That's the trap. It's like we turn, it's like we turn the, 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 the silk purse into a sour's ear. Actually, sour's ear is more healthy than the silk purse. But anyway, get the analogy, right? We turn gold into lead by, by building this identity out of it. Anyway, and so that, that was... It, with hindsight, that was what I got from Strieber and Castaneda. It wasn't, it wasn't just, or even primarily, oh, there's wonders out there that I can experience. It was, oh, I could do this. I could become this great shaman writer who will have loads of women and loads of money <laughs> and right at a, a slightly under the conscious level. Yeah those two things were working together. It wasn't just I wanted to access the uh, infinite. I wanted to plunder it. I wanted to get things like, and I'd have this over and over again. I would, I would 
dream something and some wonderful object and I would try to bring it with me when I woke up because I was lucid enough to say that this has got to be possible it's got and I, I always wake up ah it's gone <laughs> yeah yeah um, the first point you made when you started speaking Eileen and I spoke about this I think um, yeah Eileen did you say that data just falling away um, just not remembering things or something comes in and then it just evaporating data evaporating data yes yeah, um, yeah. So it's Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, to me, that's evidence of adapting to the present moment consciousness. It's like, you, you, you don't, we were taught to retain data, to, to piece it all together, to weave it all together and see what clues, you know, we can find and we can investigate all of this and then we'll find the ultimate answer, right? Well, now, if, if we just allow what's naturally happening, we will let that fall away and mm-hmm. trust it's not that it's not doesn't have value in my view. It's not that it doesn't have value. It's that it doesn't have value in this moment. So let's not bring it in and try and clutter things up. Let's stay with what's resonating now and allow it like a magnet, you know, in this resonant energy to just come in and go, oh, yeah, there was that time that I, you know, had this experience and it relates to what is here now in this vibratory sphere um, that we're generating through the resonance. And so the downloads, you and I have talked about this, Susie, it's like the downloads, the dreams, um, it's all, um, it's all data that, that comes in, but it's like, we don't, we don't, as Jason was saying, we don't grab onto it and, and try and, own it and put it in in its linear space spot we just it takes trust to just allow whether it's a download or somebody sends me a link to something on the internet that is like oh my god i i had a dream about that last night Uh, or you know it just it just starts to come together you know synchronicity is what we call it I think it's like yeah. it really starts to organize itself, what you need yeah. to know and what comes in. And yeah, I found it as well a lot. Just I have an idea and it just goes out of my mind or a piece of information comes in and it just goes out. And even if I write it down, I go to look for it and it's not there. So it's like it's yeah. not important. Even the experience that I had recently of losing this, Jason knows about it, the document that I spent a month writing last summer and I was happy with it, that it was a, a good piece of writing. And I had a, a day of stress looking for it on the internet and then I was like, I wrote it and I read it. And so 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 that's all that need that that I needed from it. Um which quite surprised me, but yeah, just um I think it's yeah, the, it's a letting go of the mind, um, that experience. Yeah. It's not necessarily, to me, it's not devaluing the mind and thinking and the thoughts and intellect. And I know that you resonate with this as well from our past conversation, Susie, but it's, it's that it just needs to find its proper place, right? Exactly. It's putting it into the, yeah. Yeah. yeah, And then it'll, when, when you need it, it'll, it'll, it'll totally 
um, right. do a job. Not, it's not doing it very well <laughs> right now, <laughs> but um, yeah. Um, I'd, I do. I'd like to share a little bit my position. Sure. Just to put it into context. And I relate to what Jason said about the trying to harness and wanting to identify and have these mystical experiences. And I, I went, had a very strong experience of that in 2009 when, when I had that um, massive spontaneous awakening. And I was aware that I was going through something and that it was a key to, or that I saw that I was the possibility somewhere in it of getting well or getting getting whole that, that that's what it was about but also I knew that I was very ungrounded because I was really latching onto it and or just having grandiose notions but I was aware of them like even though they were happening and other people could possibly see it I was in a disabled state and but I don't think I was going to get rid of them or do any, you know, there was nothing, I, you know, would have been swept along by it and probably could have gone in a very bizarre direction because it was a kind of a feeling of power and enhanced. Yeah, and but what happened subsequently two months later that I suffered a and a very extreme trauma and stressful event that that knocked me down like even lower <laughs> or nearly back to the original state. So it, it was taken from my hands and I think it was, I see the meaning of it is that it happened because of that. Um, but I see it as a blessing even though because I wasn't gonna be able to marshal my way out of a, a grandiose, state of delusion and kind so of can I, I wasn't going to be able to 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 unpick that on my own or find stability so so yeah I it was just beaten out of me and then even a couple of years later uh maybe 2011 I could uh, another, whenever any kind of identity or wanting to go back or trying to, it happened again. It just kept happening and, and it was such a severe um, unpleasantness and everything was thrown at me. Like I remember the, the extreme point was because I'm pretty good at processing <clears throat> and dealing with psychological or anguish and mental anguish, I think I have a very high threshold for it, but I have an extremely low threshold for physical pain. Almost very, very low, like I can't bear scratchiness or it's just very low. And, I, and at one point I started to get really bad sciatica and then I started to experience, I think fibromyalgia or like chronic pain. And I'd heard about it and, I, and I, my, my brain just kind of went, okay, if this is happening to me, I am going out the window. This is my bottom line, like. And I kind of just said no to it. No, I'll, I'll do whatever needs to be done or else I'll, you know, if my path is to, <laughs> to 
put that through me. So, mm. so I kind of, yeah, that was a, a turning point where uh, I got back, got back on the path, stopped kind of trying to resist it or to. So I think like maybe this is a little bit explaining maybe where I'm coming from and that suffering has been helpful to me. Um, oh yeah, yeah no. taking things out of my hands that I wouldn't have been able to make yeah. sense of, and and because the the reaction or the the result was quite sharp, pronounced, it stuck in my mind, so I could see mm. direct correlation of okay, that happens and this happens. That it's it, it sometimes surprises me. It, it kind of doesn't make or it makes sense. It seems always surprising to me the way it happened, kind of all throughout my life that. That, that, I, that I got the, the lesson that I needed so sharply and so in the way that I needed it that just kind of steered me right and also or else got me out of a, a really problematic sense.
Are you saying that when you had the experience, you could see the real danger of developing a new identity around it? The, the kind of the destabilizing part of... Well, when you had the, did you say 2009? When you had the... Yeah, okay. I, 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 I could see that I, I'm kind of unstable and I could be uh, very much, you know, have yeah, ideas about myself that will be okay. looking inward will be very unappealing, but they were still very attractive or uh, what's the word, intoxicating to a degree. Okay. I didn't know how to deal with it, but I was still like, oh, but it's exciting. Oh, but I yeah. expect and, and, and so the definitions, um, what I found and what I relate to what you're saying there is it, um, you, you go and, and I wrote about this um, in my book. It's like you, you, you go to the, you know, before internet, you go to books, you read other people's material, you find out what is this, right? And, and, you, and you go find out that, oh, this is, this is something that makes me special, right? Or in, other people describe the event and I never was able to find any match for my own experiences, not even in the ET realm. And that's why I, I, my conclusion is, is that these are very, very, very personal experiences and they're between you and your source and your creator. They're between you and the, the you know, universal. It's, it's uh, we can we can come into the fragmented world and go here's my story and look at my cool story and um, this is a, you know then in the land of spin right it all gets changed and we lose the connection to what happened here what is this and so then that's what I and you know I refer to as the dialogue where like that's the opportunity to dive into that and not go to the outer world and the give your power away to authorities um, that, you know, the, the gurus in India, and, you know, or any guru anywhere. It's like, this is my experience and this is something that I get to investigate and, and understand. And, and um, so I was curious and that's why I asked about, this is what it's encouraged that when you do look outside with these events, we're encouraged to develop this new, very special. Um, well, I don't think I was even encouraged to. I just knew in my mind, I was like, I'm feeling like Jesus a bit, or I'm feeling yeah. like <laughs> yeah. Obama or someone, you know, because I yeah. was having faster awarenesses and I was having experiences that I was having visions and seeing things and I was learning something yeah. had opened up. So, um, and my mind was probably racing and I was a bit. Um, Very disorienting. Yeah, I'm <laughs> glad now, but the, 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 the traumatic event that involved in me leaving my job and kind of, you know, it was extremely traumatic. And I really, and, and at the time I had very much the sense of, oh, I had this opening and I was getting a chance to get better. And now it's gone completely. 
and it was very yeah it was a very hard experience because I really thought that was it like that was my chance and I could see <laughs> I could see a way through and I could see a future and and maybe an easier one maybe fast and and, and then no <laughs> the absolute um back to square one but it was you know going down but but the experience of the the two months or however it lasted came with me like a little in in the download there was a sort of a picture of the path and the stages and where I was going condensed into even nearly in one night the whole thing was laid out this is this this bit comes before this bit this feeling comes before this bit this bit comes you know in in rapid mm -hmm. so it stayed with me so that then when I started off on the slow 12 year whatever I I sort of knew where I was going and it was like and one one kind of stepping stone would appear and then the next one would appear so you get lost and then it would come back and then it started to speed up where you didn't feel so lost or it you became I became confident in the process enough to oh yeah no no right right and, yeah it's a dance <laughs> yeah and, and and I even knew from my own I think as well one of the things that was quite central to me even when I was you know wretched and depressed and being hospitalized and all that stuff in my 20s and 30s but somewhere inside of me I, I I knew that all I ever wanted was access to myself that it was in there and that all I wanted was to unlock it somehow mm -hmm. I didn't want to be someone else I didn't want loads of money or be famous I knew if I could just find the way to unlock it somehow I'd be fine um that there was enough in there and that it was all in there i don't know how i i didn't kind of knew that all along i guess from the flashes small flashes and then the big um awakening experience in 2009 sort of gave me the i guess the method or the plan um yeah and then when i started to go away from it or yeah bam no um don't do that so and that's the part that interests me because you're saying that you didn't want to be famous or anything you just wanted to unlock yourself but when you did start unlocking yourself you said that you started thinking that you might be jesus etc for me it was lucifer and and then the body pain started and you said okay this is you'll do anything to avoid the body pains and then and then it was like you you began to lose the experience of the Jesus mind, let's say, or whatever was yeah. happening, it, it, it put no, the No, the body pain happened in 2012. Oh, okay. The, 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 the destabilizing experience, the activation, or the illumination, whatever you call it, the Kundalini awakening happened in 2009. Yeah. And yeah, and what happened was a kind of a, a, a massive emotional trauma, work-related, um, interpersonal, yeah, kind of life crisis. Like, in 2009. Yeah, and it happened like the the thing was happening around two thousand and eight October, and and eventually left my job in two February the ninth of two thousand and nine. I was planning to leave anyway, but I was kind of forced to leave suddenly, and it was yeah extremely stressful and a massive life change kind of before 
when I wasn't quite geared for it and I was quite unwell. And so that was external things to came yeah. in and put the brakes on there. Exactly, yeah, because I was kind of losing the run of myself a little bit, yeah. or there was that potential for real, yeah. And then in 2012, so then what was the context for the, the fibromyalgia in 2012? I don't know. I think I was trying to fit back into the old world and probably hadn't had enough ego death or there was still more to be burned off. I was trying to, you know, do a blog because I was thinking you have to live in this world. I didn't know that you could... You know, I, 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 it was an identity crisis very much, I think. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was yeah. a massive identity crisis. I was trying to, well, if I, you know, am I going to work in fashion? And, and, and it all, and things start to come back and trying to be something again. Yeah. Okay. Um, trying to be something, yeah. And it was just, everything came back up. Um, I think as well, it was a strange year because I noticed... A lot happened in that year, um, 2011 and then 2012. And, I, and I, I really think I started to actively participate in the, in the plan at the end of that year, 2012. And that was after you had let go of something in order to escape the body pains? Yeah. Right. kind of surrendered to uh, okay I won't even do eBay or right. anything I will it. never write again I will write just as a journal to help myself and right. I won't try or I'll really be conscious it, 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 it's, it's physically it, it doesn't want me to do it it or you know the, right. the life force is screaming I will thrash you you know yeah. if you do that <laughs> it's the same I've been kind of like that in my life like with like with drink or alcohol even it's like no you can't do it it's it didn't have the option to escape into any of those things because um, it was too harmful for me i suffered more than i'd get any pleasure from so except with um i guess identity behavior or whatever so i and then i started to notice kind of comfortable degrees of ships still still lost in the wilderness and and I had to let go of so many friendships and stumbling around and codependence is such a huge one for me, but but just kind of blindly going through it and yeah, just okay, lose all the friends if I have to. I just yeah. lose them all. Yeah, I so relate. Very lonely, very, 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 lonely. very lonely. And, yeah. But which is why now when people are talking about losing <laughs> relationships all the time are like oh I, I did that already I let go you know and it was kind of part and parcel of the process because it, it was a journey mostly in to just inward and just deal with it not you know but live as well as much as I could and live a, a, a basic existence survive with enough money keep myself busy enough and sort of sane still in the world but it was very internal and quite a yeah an odd life for a 30 something person to be having um i guess mm. Look, you know but, but the I, same helping me. Mm -hmm. I was i was starting and my my therapist even fired me and it was another and i think as well when i read your book and i see these things i think oh i was sort of lucky i got out of the snare like and one of the things that happened, I was 
um, I think it was in 2011, I was desperately trying to get help in London for the horrible kind of traumatic flashbacks that I was having very severe. Because um, then all the trauma started to come up. Flashbacks to when you were a child? To the original experience almost mm. of, of the two-year-old. Mm. It was so buried and it started to come up. And I've been on um, a lot of uh, medication for 12 years as well. So I, all of that went at the same time in 2009. So my system was opening up to all this. And I, I was, it was very, very severe, the flashbacks, waking up in the middle of the night and stuff. And I was desperately thinking if I could get help. And at one point I was sending letters and looking to go to the Tavistock Clinic to, for the Center for Dissociative Studies. And I was desperate and trying to get my doctor to put me onto this program. Um, and he wouldn't write the letter. So again, I was, I think, saved in a way because um, I don't think it, it, you know, would have been a form of reprogramming same as nearly with the therapist. I think you're getting a reprogramming or... Um, well, to reduce it and back, come back into the spectrum where yeah, we are. Or, you know, it's not... You, yeah, so, so, that, so those options were all just removed from me as well. So it was always just, I was being knocked back onto myself, um, seemed to be what, what was for me. So, and a little kind of started to get more and more faith in it and the more I trusted in it the more um it would yield in terms of you know green shoots and stuff and um and then I, just every single little piece had to be reworked in like every every single issue when the issues were enormous and multitudinal and they would come up and you just weave them in and then You'd take as much as you could and then there'd be a break. And then if there was more to be done, it would come. Yeah. All right. Well, because so earlier Ireland was talking about the inner and how the focus needs to go inner. And of course, that has a, a symbolic meaning, but also has a literal meaning, as in what's in the body, the interior spaces of the body, which is where this trauma is locked into. And, right. and that, I mean, there's a number of things coming up for me and I even started to feel some pain around my eyes and stuff because as Susie knows I don't know if Eileen knows I, I, I did have chronic fatigue syndrome as they called it I was diagnosed in my, when I was 40 but I'd had it for 20 years before that and the context that I created for it or discovered you can take your pick was well there were two one was kundalini I believe that it was kundalini that was causing the pain a combination of the kundalini and my my mind identity that was blocking it and resisting it yeah. and then the other i took it much further than that that it that, that it was to do with lucifer trying to incarnate in my body so i made the kundalini synonymous with my soul life force and i made my soul life force synonymous with lucifer and um but that 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 basic thing that susie was saying I was, I was also aware of that it was a kind of natural break, as in something that would prevent me from going off. Uh, whenever I was off, off track, the pains would begin. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
I mean, the thing that's been coming up whilst who's been talking and it's come up for me in the last few days, actually, where I've been thinking, I've been trying to trying to understand, to put it in simple language, why I chose to be conceived in an alcoholic's womb. I'm putting it in very simple language because I don't necessarily believe that I chose, but it happened and some part of me consented to it. So why? And where I went right away with that was that I... The great soul that that I am uh, chose to be incarnated in a way that would hobble it because of previous abuses, past life abuses. And I'm I'm just talking very simplified now because otherwise it would take too long to try. And, and I'm not I'm not really presenting it as a, as a belief or a truth or anything, but just uh, as some context for why I've been thinking about the power abuse, the subject of power abuse, and how. It seems to me that that complex I described there with the, the mind identity, the body pains, the Kundalini, the identification with Lucifer, it's all, it's all this one uh, knotted uh, kind of internal matrix of trauma that Well, I, I don't, I don't, I guess I don't know. I just thought I'd throw them out there. There's some elements here that, because I could, you know, there are ways that I could try and narrate this because I worked it out in the past, but, you know, that was in the past. So I'm not sure how to make sense of it now. I just want to clarify. So when you say abuses in the past, do you mean ancestral abuse or that you were in a previously abused? Or, uh, well, you know, I mean abuses that I was complicit with. So right. I've been able to map it, map it back to my adolescence. I know I abused my body with violent imagery against mm -hmm. women, and you know, I can confess to that over and over again as I do in my books, as if somehow I'll be absolved if I confess it enough times, and maybe there will be some absolution. But, but I know that 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 behaviour was seeded in me to begin with. And part central to the seeding was was some trauma that I experienced as a child. So I so I I see that yeah abuse was passed on ancestrally through my mother's line through my father's line, and that that corresponds with an affinity that I have for abuse of power. It's in my ancestral line. I've done it in this life, and I feel that I ca I carry the karmic burden of it and this is to bring back to what I was saying at the beginning this is why it seems to me why I I had to choose such a difficult path in this life where mm -hmm. for me kundalini would be pain awakening would be terror you know, <laughs> etc etc yeah uh, not that it's penance but that it's otherwise I'd have done it again I'd have done it all over again yeah it's it's not going to be straightforward. Right. Yeah, no, I hear you. Can I bring in a quote from the book? I'm determined to bring yeah. the book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget the book. I know. I've got <laughs> <laughs> um, this is on, uh, this is my very first highlight. And I think we've been talking about this. Um, it's, it's on page 15 of the PDF, actually. <clears throat> um, 
my sense is that it is not only mystical vision that must be embodied, but also the trauma that allowed for it. Otherwise the mystical vision will not become a full body experience, but only be possessed by the mind. That is become the stuff of thoughts and not direct sensory experience. The mind thought can then use the experience to maintain its separation from the body. That is to keep in place the gap between the erotic and the spiritual by sacrificing, by sacrificing the body to the quote, sacred. So it's like, I see you guys have been talking about this gap. Um, I feel that's what you've been talking about, like with the fibromyalgia, you know, and the, and the, you know, the fear of, of this fully being embodied. What does that mean? What is, what, what uh, how do I identify with that? Who, what am I losing um, by uh, allowing something more to come in and to be embodied? Um, that is the, that's what I find is the, is the greatest terror. That is our greatest fear is to embody this. Mm. Uh, and, and, and I mean, it's just, it's become so clear to me just in the past few years that this is the greatest fear. And so we, we, we try to keep it like, you know, like, like with you, Susie, like we, 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 the, the mind wants to take over and define it and say, you know, I'm Jesus. Um, because that way it can have control over um, this event and what's, you know, we gotta, we gotta stay in, in control and in charge of this. Um, because what will happen if we allow this enormous change and shift in light um, to, to penetrate further into us and, and, and be us, right? Ultimately, this, this light wants to be us and move through us. And so that's I, that's the that's why I like that quote. That was the first one that I highlighted, Jason. I, th because... I think I have it as well, the same one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was impressed. Wow, I have to read this guy here. Yes. Yes. I was thinking <laughs> yes. that when I was reading it. It was like I, he's probably thinking, "Wow, that is cool." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So anyway, I got a quote in. So. Um, yeah, well, it meant a lot to me, and that there's a meaning in that, the fact that I could hear my own words read back to me, and it's like a bit of a revelation. I got yeah. tingles, even. Yeah. Uh, and that reminds me of what Susie was saying, how she sees things, saw things mapped out in advance, that this, you know, we'll reach this stage, we'll reach this stage. So you can have some sense of it. Yeah. But it's going to take time to integrate. Absolutely. Yeah. And there'll be there'll be massive gaps, kind of wilderness, but a huge part of it was having faith. Just know that you're on the right track. And kind of as well, I learned to know that as soon as when every time I was at the darkest point, that if I sort of just well, I know that, that this means that the next bit is gonna be new light is mushing me forward. So that helped with the trust aspect that every time things were at their worst or they seemed bleaker than ever, that 
Right. It was essentially part of the process and that that was meaning actually indicative that it was making progress. Yes. Um, it all sounds kind of counterintuitive to what we would want or whatever, but once you, but, once you recognize it. And, yeah. And it echoes what Eileen was just saying in response to that quote, that, and, well, and the quote itself, that as we're opening up to deeper levels of awareness of our true natures and of our souls, we have to ground it in the body. And that's frightening because it's painful because there's trauma in the body. And so like my body pains, they were br always bringing me back to the body. That was the ba most basic thing you say about them. Whatever was going on over here with my astral adventures, I'd wake up with all this pain and I'd have to spend hours just focusing on my body. So that was a natural corrective. And, but it could seem to the mind and did seem more like, oh, I'm losing my, you know, I'm losing my superpowers now. I wake up and I'm just this mortal. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the, the contrast of the mundane pain of the body. Uh, well, I don't know how to finish that sentence, but I, it's easy for me to see how how the temptation is to find a way around the body. Yes. You're having the awakening, the body's trying to say, yes, good, bring it down. And, you're, yep. and then the mind's going, no, no, it hurts, it hurts. I'm gonna take it this way. Right. right? And that's because Susie mentioned, you know, talking about Strieber and the counterfeit, that, that's what that's yes. I understand. And that to me is synonymous with, or at least leads to the abuse of power. But when the trajectory is away from the body, it might not be driven by a desire to, or wouldn't be driven by a desire to abuse power, but is driven by a, a fear of being powerless. And, and therefore it's a desire to have power. And then that, so the power that's gained through that dissociation is always going to be abused. Bingo. I said that many times towards the end of your book, bingo. 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 <laughs> I can't find the quote that I have here, but it was also um, very, um, yes, spoke to me very truly. Is that sometimes the consciousness going into the body? Yeah, I think it's just what you were saying is that it, it's actually painful. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the vessel is like, as it goes in, it, it brings up more trauma as well, not just physically yeah. painful, but it brings up because it's triggering the, the channel or whatever. Yeah. So as it tries to come in, it's actually giving you the sense of, of more trauma coming in. And, and your body is always communicating to you. So your body's pointing out to you where the gap is. Mm -hmm. Oh, Kundalini, oh, would you like a Kundalini experience? Well, here's, here's the gap between what your body says about that and, and what this force. That, that, that you're asking to, to um, initiate you um, or that you want or you desire, but here's the gap between what you think this is about and what it's actually about. Mm. Yeah, yeah, what it's for and what you think it's for, yeah. Right. I think as well, I mean, having one is sort of puts you on a path to, to getting whole but the chance of getting on that journey and making it are 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 also exponential or less or or 
or how do I explain it? Like you get a chance, but the path, the chance of making, doing the right thing with it or figuring it out are, are totally against you <laughs> in every way, I think. Um, there's so many ways that it could be ensnared or thrown off kilter or, 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 or just getting trapped and stuck even, you know, you, you can, you can go so far and then think, okay, that's it, you know, I'm, I'm done, I'm, that's comfortable now and that's enough for me or I like this bit of it and um, there's a lot of ways that, yeah, mm -hmm. that, I, that I think you can get, get thrown off by, so it's, it's, it's a kind of a knife edge. It could go horribly, it could go badly wrong.
I like, Susie, that, that you explained, you took us through the, the process, the journey. Um, and and, and you, I'm glad that that's a part of this conversation because so many people think that, you know, and, and I know that just from what I've heard, you know, through you, Jason, and through being exposed to the Dave Oshana um, conversations that he, he had an experience where it just happened and everything changed. And um, I, I can't relate to that, but that's, that's his path. And that's his, that's how it happened for him. <laughs> there isn't one way for this to happen. There's what, is it 9 billion now? There's like 9 billion ways for this to happen. And, and I think we, we trip ourselves up when we, we try to say, well, no, this is, this is how it works. This is, you know, the authorities say this is how it works. Or from, from my research, this is how it works. Well, the research, it, it all goes within at a certain point. It's, and then, as I was saying at the top of our discussion, that when the reversal takes place within our consciousness, then we start to find the resonance and, the, and the, the harmonic connections, the musical connections with those persons, places, and things um, in our uh, outer environment, which isn't truly at a certain point, it isn't so much defined as inner and outer, it's just all one thing when it's back in, in harmonic balance with the field. So the best thing I feel we can do, uh, you know, Susie, your descriptions, your, your, you know, of how this works and navigating this, I'm just, I was just sitting here nodding my head and nodding, yes, yeah, it's a process, it really is when you start navigating inward. Um, but the best thing that we can do is report on it and talk about it like we are, because it makes it, it isn't so mysterious anymore. It's, well, here's my, here's my notes, you know, here's, here's what I experienced and here's the data I uncovered. Let me just kind of throw it in the mix there. Does anyone else resonate with this? Is this something of value to anyone else? What I found that is so exciting about talking to what we call experiencers um, is that someone will say something that they are not intending to have a, they're not, it's not the intent to have a profound effect on me, but it's a piece that I needed. Someone will say something and it's like, oh, thank you. That just filled in that, you know, little dark corner or this seemingly missing piece. It just brought everything together. Um, and I feel that, that, that this is what these experiences are about is so that we all start to go inward and we start discovering these things and we report on it and hopefully get through the language barrier. Um, that's been my biggest struggle is the language barrier um, because once you um, embody enough of this, anchor it uh, and be it, it's almost like the stronger you are with it, either people shut down, like I was saying earlier, or they have a strong reaction. So it's either 
um, you know, it's projection. Uh, I find, and I've said this before in other places, I trigger people or I completely shut them down um, and they go into um, the judgment that they were programmed with, the one that they're, even if they're very intelligent people, they will have this immediate judgment, but not be aware that that's there. So um, there's so much, and when you guys were talking that I was like, oh, I wanna talk about that, I wanna, but uh, data evaporation. <laughs> What was really helpful to me, and it kind of brings us back to last year, which was the conversation that was on this similar subject, and I was probably resistant. And Jason was, um, you were saying about community and um, and I was more of the you do it on your own, and I think I was very right to do it on my own. But at the time that we had that conversation, that was the time that that was what I needed. Um, to start to come back um, and that helped me embody a lot um, an awful lot of it because uh, doing so much of it on your own it was it, I was processing and clearing but I was not embodying enough and I needed uh, other people to see that um, yeah I was, I was surprised by that I didn't um, realize the effect, the, the, the profoundly embodying effect, I guess, by showing up and seeing yourself and then other people seeing you. Um, and em embodiment as in like being with bodies in the human world in the, it's a body thing to be with other bodies. Um, yeah, it, it, it really helped me and at the right time. Yeah. It takes practice, yeah, putting yeah. it into practice. Would, yeah. It was, yeah, I, I, I didn't see that. I thought you just do it on your own and then you're done and then you, but that well, is well, essential. It's a question of what, what, what we're doing, isn't it? Because Dave, Dave is, um, the way he's described his experience of being enlightened has referred more and more in recent years to being aware of not being a separate individual and being connected to, to everything else, including especially other human beings. Um, and, uh, you know, I said at the start of this conversation, you know, I wish I was enlightened, and it's true. I mean, how could I not? But as a counterpoint, I had one of those cosmic dreams a couple of years ago or a year ago, in which I was seeing my enlightenment so in the past and the future and in some in the context anyway of a collective enlightenment. And it was like a, it was like an irrigation system and this water was moving through the system and whenever it reached a certain nozzle out came the water. Uh, and so the whole it was also like a like a tree that was the leaves were blooming, what have you, that uh, the, the, the awakening was happening in a whole system and at a certain point it would reach the point in the system that I was at and then boom, you know, I, I, would, I would have the experience myself and uh, it was very, it, it completely changed the context 
that my mind had for, for, for my enlightenment after that, because I realized during the course of the dream, I didn't necessarily retain it, although I do have memory of the dream, but I realized that, well, it's nothing, it's nothing to do with me. It's nothing to do with what I do. It's, it's happening in a much larger context of this system, this human energy field. And when it, you know, when, when it comes to my door, there'll be a knock and I'll, 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 I'll open it and there I'll be. Um, there was more I wanted to say on this. Um, yeah, so, so then um, this community thing, which I was discovering quite viscerally and, and in a certain sense, the most, well, definitely the most mundane, but in a certain sense, the most difficult way through running a thrift store, having to interact with human beings day after day that I didn't want to interact with. Mm -hmm. Not the people I could choose, you know, not my tribe as I used to talk about having and finding. Um, I became more and more aware of, of, of how essential it is to my own self-discovery to, to interact and to have, have my own experience mirrored back at me. However, when, when Eileen says nine billion individuals, I, something in me absolutely recoils and I just want to say, no, there aren't. I don't believe it. I absolutely don't believe it. I certainly don't believe that there's, there's going to be eight, nine billion individuals awakening, but I don't even believe they exist. And I'll tell you why or what I mean by that, that all I have is my, my own experience and that all I'm, ever, all I'm going to take with me in this life is the individual interactions I've had with other human beings. That's my energy field. That's my human energy field. All the rest, they, they could just be avatar, you know, non-player characters for all I know. And Actually, that was the point I was making, is that yeah. all, all, all you can do is enter into your own conversation and your own relationship with that inner because it's in it, exactly. Right? So everyone we encounter is an aspect of what we are. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, it's a mystery. It's a mystery, but we're not, we're not, we're not uh, built to uh, manage eight billion connections. Oh no way! <laughs> no, no. Just the point even... that that we we each find this in our own way, and it doesn't have to sound or look like the next person over. And, and what they, there isn't any standardized waking up protocols. No, I, I, I think your dream sort of explains the system kind of naturally what'll happen. It's hard to, to, to speak about it. And I do understand what you're saying about the, the nine, <laughs> Eight million or whatever. I, but that 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 may not be likely um, for that to happen. But I think there still is a system happening, and it's happening within and 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 whatever how many or whoever it'll happen. It's yeah. it's it's happening. That's why it's so important in my view that, that we strengthen this within ourselves and we make that commitment in our own individual consciousness to have to build this relationship um, within to this inner uh, divine or presence or ah, 
Oh, just pick your label. I'll take the third label. <laughs> ah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Broke, broke the language barrier. Yes. Um, that, that um, yes, we, we can be, we can have an effect on those that we meet by not saying a damn word. Um, it's the embodiment of it that affects those people around us. And they might, um, a lot of people, you know, they need to see it demonstrated without words and explanations. They need to see you walking in your life and being that. And um, that can flip a switch for people just immediately, just to see it and be aware that it exists. Um, and that's been the hardest part of this journey for me is that I don't see it in the world, what you're informing me of, where is it? You know, oh, it's in, oh, look, it's in that philosopher's writings. Mm -hmm. oh, poof, there was a wisp of it. And then, and then, you know, diving into the ufology community and, and getting ousted immediately <laughs> was another fun experience um, of, of just not, you, you have to forge your own way is what I'm saying. You have to, you have to trust this and that it, 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 you're not losing your identity. You're, you're enhancing your identity, your true identity. And you're rediscovering more of who you are and bringing more of that through. And, and so that's our responsibility to those around us, um, that, that we have the courage to be this. The judgment, I think, has been the hardest part on this journey of being um, dismissed and judged, you know, like I was re referring to earlier, um, that, you know, you can see the mind in some people going, oh, I know what that is. That's blah, blah, blah. Yeah, blah. That's, you know, that judgment, judge not lest ye be judged. I, I truly understand that now. It's like when you, when you start judging other people and what their, their way is and what they're, what they're exploring, um, or not exploring, if they're frozen or, or stagnant, um, you know, it's like, okay, well, that, that piece of us is, is exploring it in that way. It's not what I prefer. Um, so I'm going to go this way. I'm not, I don't gravitate to that. I don't resonate with that. But hey, you know, you, you, you're doing it in your way until you're not anymore, right? Until you're influenced by something else that moves you that reaches you, that I feel in these experiences, Susie and Jason, that, that it's a gift to have this reaching in, <clears throat> excuse me, to our world and have it disrupted so that we, we, we have something to compare to, to contrast with, um, and we can start finding our way into, into this um, restoration um, and practice being it. And, and it, it, it takes so much courage and it is terribly lonely, but it has become less and less lonely. Um, One of the things you say about the judgment there on in and what I'm sensing is for me, when I feel something like a difficult aspect of it, it's it's a part of it, and 
Yes. Do, you, do you feel that as well? That because I, I um, became aware that the the challenges and even going to the AG, for example, and I went through an awful lot of difficult things of speaking and finding it really hard and mm-hmm. self, you know, feeling um, self-conscious or not getting enough positive feedback or whatever, but always aware that that was me, <laughs> that I had to, that I was going to overcome it, that it wasn't going to come from them. It was that the opportunity was going there and seeing that this is something now that's coming up. And yeah. I noticed that it would resolve quickly enough, you know, it would become like, oh, horrible, 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 horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever it was, self-consciousness, not being able to speak or feeling kind of overlooked or whatever it was. Right. But my whole, my whole attention would kind of go into that thing and then it would loosen out eventually. Like, mm-hmm. so that, those are like looking at the, the horrible things as gifts um, was a big part of it for me. Um, yes. And they'll come, you know, whatever you need, need yeah. to work on will come in, in different forms. Um, and they'll come harder if you look away from them or. Exactly. If you don't, if you think it's about something else or something else needs to change. Um, mm. That's that's the gap. My experience will, is just that it'll just beat me over the head 10 times more until you just uh, kind of dissolve it and surrender and whatever. Right, and, and we're, we're actually doing this. We're not talking about doing it. We're actually doing it now. So, so yeah, when, you go, when we seek validation from you know, whatever communities we're involved with or, um, and I speak from experience here, um, the, the feeling judged is me judging myself, not strong enough in it yet to hold it and to be it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a journey, especially for what I like to call the front runners, you know, the ones who were shoved off of a, a consensus in one way, shape or form and, and shoved inward. And then it was like, oof. Okay, um, what are we doing now? How do I be here? Who do I relate to? How long can I start shutting down my own energy and my own field to fit here? Oh, is it worth getting sick again by shutting this down? No, No. I have to choose differently. I have to keep accepting it. Acceptance is, is one of the... I don't want to say final stages, but a very important stage in reversing this this reality. Um, You know, listening to you talk about um, the apocalypse, it's like, yeah, 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 I, I see it all. I get it all. But it's like, we're not, I don't think we realize fully, I, I, I come in and out of this, that the this is this is happening right now the apocalypse isn't coming it's happening right now and we're we're either going to close the gap within ourselves 
and be this, thereby changing this, or we're going to, in one way, shape, or form, participate and believe ourselves to be only as small as that apocalypse scenario that's horrible and tragic and gnashing of the teeth. Um, or, or are we gonna narrate the apocalypse? Um, are, are we gonna keep informing people like the, the being one of the radio stations for, it's going down everybody, the bad guys are doing this and that. And, yeah, yeah, in that reality, that's what they're doing. Um, what's our responsibility? Um, how do we be who we are, have the courage to do that, close that gap and, and, and create or, or manifest um, a reality that is in, in, in mirrors the same harmony that that we have achieved within ourselves. Mm. Yeah, I've been thinking about a number of things here coming up um, and are converging because at a certain point, and what Arlene was just saying, it's not what we say, it's what we are, that for, for me personally, to be persuasive about the apocalypse, the best thing to do would be to stop talking about it and start getting my goats and my farm together. And, and that silence would be a much stronger testimony to what I've been saying, right? Because otherwise it's, it's contradictory. Well, yeah, I have, there isn't much time to be talking about it, as I've been saying. So that's one thing. And related to it, there's also this thing about human community. And I feel there's a bit of symmetry going on because Susie's referred to our this conversation we had over a year ago, in which I was encouraging her to be part of human community. And, and I'm feeling like, well, I'm not sure what motivates me now to constantly want to be connecting to people, number one. And number two, uh, it's all on the internet. Like I want to be in nature, and I don't even know if people will be able to come to this retreat center without a vaccine, you know, nanotech in their bodies, which I wouldn't want them to come if they'd had that anyway. So it may never, it may never materialize, you know, my vision of the post-apocalyptic future, which is positive, a world made by hand. Uh, and so, so then it seems to be coming more and more about what's my relationship with the here and now in my own body and with nature and, and that's it's not entirely alone because I have a cat and hopefully my wife is going to join me soon so I'm not concerned about loneliness but I am concerned about what motivates me to want to connect to people want to uh, help people want to wake people up want to organize want to lead I'm definitely in the last, even in the last couple of days, like Susie hosting the Wednesday AG, because I just felt I don't want to be in that role anymore. It's all changing. The landscape's all changing yeah. for me around this. Mm -hmm. Well, the future's falling away too. We talk about the past falling away. Concepts, conceptual thinking, projections into the future. The future is, is dissolving as well. So we can imagine how it's going to go. get a sense about a, a kind of a culmination point happening yeah. that I can't, you know, that isn't a, 
a visual or anything. It's an internal kind of a yeah. Yeah. Experience, but yeah, what you said about community there is that yeah, I, I very much think that I, I needed the human community at that period, and I'm still enjoying it. I think it was something that I, I needed for embodiment. I don't feel I feel similar going forward. Um, but all, but all, I think I also see a Jason and I path sort of um, going different ways. I'm coming out more and feeling like sharing more, maybe putting putting myself out there a bit more. I was so reluctant and and now I feel just that that my time is approaching to do a bit of that for now and as Jason is sort of retreating going. Take the baton, Susie. Yeah, no, I'm so clumsy, Jason, and really <laughs> ill-prepared. And but um, and this has been a, a a very good passage for that. But it's interesting to see, and I I kind of wondered about that even um when I first came across yourself, you know if you were going to reach that point and there was intimations of it and in your writings and at different points and I often wondered about it and um and, and now you're talking about it more and doing it more like less less blogging less writing less hosting less yeah well this yeah. is one way in which the past is good I said I can't rest on my laurels but I don't have to prove that I can lead, that I can take the initiative. I don't have that to prove anymore. So it's great. I can relax and trust in others to pick up where I left off. And that, I mean, that makes what I've done, that's the real value. Not that there's some trophies in the past, but that others have, you know, that I've led by example and great. I don't have to lead anymore. Fantastic. Or I'll lead in another day, you know, in some other area, but I'm milking goats and putting it on not YouTube. Mm -hmm. yeah. So there is something, there's past and future, there's time, but it's not this story, it's not what we think it is. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a growth, isn't it? It's like, like a garden that grows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah.
I see see the word unfolding like Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're in, we're in a cycle. We're in cycle, I suppose. I mean, I know we are, but I say suppose because we don't. I don't understand the nature of the cycle because it's not like death is not the end of the cycle. Death is part of a larger cycle, as we see in nature. You know, winter. Winter isn't the end of anything, really. Yeah. Um, and I think what I was saying about there being no future, and, and well, you're both saying that it's coming to this point where it's the eschaton, of course, in the, you know, for the for the cerebral guys out there, we have this concept around it, but but there's a truth in the concept, I think, which is to me, it's will I have found my place in existence when time comes to an end the judgment day as well will i be able to say here i am god you know take me as i am mm-hmm. because i've done the internal judgment i've had my inner judgment day and i've cast mm-hmm. out my own you know yeah if i don't need yeah yeah the netflix the youtube the delusions of grandeur yeah. Re- resolving things internally that need to be resolved. Um, yeah. I feel that. I started to think, uh, yeah, I have been thinking about it like in kind of literal or outward terms, like, will I be ready to, to die, you know? Surrender. Uh-huh. Here, just someone comes to the door. <laughs> Am I ready? Yeah, it won't be that way. What? <laughs> hopefully, it won't happen that way. No, like, hopefully, it won't happen. Conviction. But but in your mind, are you ready? You know what I mean? Like in your in your body, are you ready? Because um, yeah. we'll never be ready in our mind. Not in your mind, but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, in your system, yeah. Um, I, I feel that what I was going to say. I jumped in a moment ago. Um, I feel that the um, the quote ET experience, um, the visits were, um, you know, perhaps these other aspects of myself that had been cut off in order to orient to this reality um, that came to quote, visit me um, to show me um, the level of the gap once again. So it was like, oh, look, extreme terror in feeling this, how I describe high, high vibratory. Um, It's like we we can't even, we don't even know what to do with that level of energy and that's why I laugh when I hear ufologists say well we're gonna meet them you know we're they're gonna land and we're gonna have a chat you know it's like oh dude (laughs) um you might have a chat with a a fabrication or a store you know a theater a theatrical production um that's the only thing you're going to be able to chat with um something fabricated for you to 
hijack you and reorient your consciousness to the smaller reality, the managed world, um, or you start adjusting to these high frequencies. Um, and, and I experienced that in the bioenergetic events as well as the contact. And so for me, this whole process was evolution for me. It was like, thank you to these pieces that manifested sometimes that look like this or look like that. Um, but it was really just knocking on the, on the door <laughs> and saying, this part of you exists. What are you going to do with me? Are you going to engage with this? Or are you going to make a story, a new story and a new identity? Um, are you going to be terrorized by this and, and therefore become the victim? And, and that's an, an identity in and of itself. I can tell you that this stuff isn't popular in ufology, what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I was just thinking we could actually bring it to Prisoner of Infinity here because yeah. it was reminding me of what I felt I was trying to do with Streber's work. I was trying to point out to him, hey, Whitley, these are all you. Look, this little munchkin, the guardian. Look, this old ancient yeah. wise man with the key. Look, this female alien. They're all you. These are yeah. all parts of you. So yeah. essentially, I... It's a, it's a much greater story. Huh? It's, a, it's a truer story, and, but it's more mysterious and wonderful. And, 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 yet, and yet to Whitley, as far as I can gauge from his reactions, that it was, it was, it was uh, you know, I was busting his narrative. I was, I was undermining and subverting his version. It was kind of unthinkable what I was suggesting. And to him, it was a reduction, whereas to me, it, no, it's so much more than aliens in coming into the bedroom, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's that's what I loved about the book, and that's why I'm glad you wrote this book, Jason, because it, it is an important body of work for those who are who are willing to. It's like again, it's like the, the ladder. You're 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 sending a ladder down into some of these communities where <clears throat> it's like, look. Uh, I once thought that I once bought into that or believed that, or I was confused. It's all a paradox. It's all a conundrum, but <clears throat> let me share the rungs of the ladder with you that I, that I built. I climbed, I climbed out of this. I, I don't know if I can tell you exactly what's next, but I do know that that is not how I feel anymore. And that is, but I value that I took that journey. And that I could share that journey with you. That this is this is so much more than how it's being spun. Mm -hmm. And because if you spin it a certain way, you can make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. I could totally have spun my life story. Could and you though? Could you though? Because you didn't, right? Oh, well, no, I mean, if I could have, yeah. Yeah. I could have made a shitload of money. If I had created this identity and I conceptualize things for people and I, and I spoon feed them concepts that never go anywhere, mm -hmm. right? Um, then, then that I would have, 
<clears throat> that's, that's, that's really what selling out is, right? Is it's like, okay, um, I agree. That's that moment in this choosing time where you agree that the world as we've known it is the real world. And hey, everybody's got to make a living, right? That's, this is where I notice everybody loves spirituality and talking about it until we get to that point where it's like, well, hey, come on. We all got to make a living. We all, we got, we got bills to pay. So do you see how it, I mean, it's just like, okay, that's as far as I go. We're not going to transform this world. This is real. <coughs> so. It's usually a much more uh, sophisticated rationalization though, because it's usually, I mean, Whitley does complain about book sales, but, but essentially his, his uh, justification is he's got to spread the word, right? He's a messenger of the visitors. Oh. And, <clears throat> and God only knows, I tried to make my experience marketable. I really, really tried. I tried so many different ways because I was aware this is going to be really hard for people to take. And now, I mean, for a while, really, and maybe throughout, but right now, during this conversation as well, I'm realizing that it's not as simple as I couldn't sell out, but I, I couldn't represent the experience truly enough to satisfy me and make it recognizable to people, as in it, exactly. it would never fit into any of the narratives that are out there on the marketplace. Exactly. And if you don't fit into those narratives, you're invisible. You don't count. Yeah. So it's basically yeah. say, I don't see any money here, is what the agent says, the publisher says, and what the readers yeah. well, <laughs> the never sees it. Yes. But if they do, they just say, I don't see the point in this. Why is he writing a book about the Matrix when he's making fun of it? Whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> I see the humor in that because I, this is what empowers me. <clears throat> you know, when you talk about computer, uh, community, is <clears throat> just hearing someone else say it, that's lived it and understands it. it and then all of a sudden now we have this um, vibrational connection that strengthens this reality rather than falling back into the, the one that was created for us, that's where we're gonna be safe, you know, and, and, and things will get better. They'll go back to normal. <laughs> They'll go back to normal. Everything's gonna be great. You know, like in the US, we have Biden now as president. Everything's, oh, finally, everything's gonna get better now. That's insanity. It surely is. One of the things that occurred to me, especially at the start of the book, when I started reading about Strieber on the on his on his experiences, um, was the Red Book on Jung, and it's like hmm. similar. I'm wondering, have you read it? Uh, no, you my sister has it. Started to. Yeah. Started, and um, and it and it was. Um, <laughs> It was, it was diff a difficult. No, yeah, it's not a. But, but I was able to see the patterns 
and, and got some validation without having to read it, if that makes sense. I like the artwork. Yeah. I kind of drew parallels because my, my experience was triggered by reading a young book. So which one? Kind of draw, uh, which one? Yeah. Um, memories, dreams, reflections. Oh, just the very, uh, just the memoir. The last one that you wrote, I think. And then, so your your experience with Freeburn, mine with Young, and then they kind of overlapped. And he does crop up in the book a few times as well. But when you were saying that Strieber, Strieber's characters and his 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 aliens and his visitors, they're different as aspects of himself. The Young book is, I think, very much that it's more incoherent and. It's not as storified, I guess. Well, I haven't read Streber. I've read your account of him, but. Yeah, well, Streber, uh, Jung didn't write the Red Book to be read, did he, at the time? No, he, he only published it in the last, it was 50 years. So he was, I guess, um, his position was important to him as well. And yeah. I think, but I do think it is quite a spontaneous outpouring of what he went through for the, I mean, didn't, yeah, it's very, in a very unconscious um, kind of alchemical text of the psych and an archetypal characters. It's a good few years since I read it, but mm -hmm. it did, um, yeah, just the, the similarities between the two. Yeah. He, it is not marketed, um, written for the market so much, I think. Um, it's hard, quite hard to read. I did finish it, but um, and like, like you don't remember, oh, this passage where this happens. <laughs> like reading energy or kind of the dreamscape or something, you know. Um, or maybe, yeah, people can really see more clearly patterns in it. I think it was more experiential, I think. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and what do you think of you? Uh, um, so he, it did have a big impact on me, and the, but I don't put him on a pedestal. I, I, I see value in him, and I think I will return and take things out from it. I still see him as a vulnerable human being, and prone to um, identity stuff as well. But I, I, I got a lot of value from it. I think it was the alchemical introduction to alchemy and then but that was really valuable to me, being opened up to that and it seemed just natural way of understanding things. Myself and the process that I was going through and, 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 and almost everything. Um, I, I feel like in the old world parameters, if, if there were people who, who discovered their, um, who were original, they could be originals like experience their originality and, and fearlessly bring it forward. 
so that we can all go, wow, there's a thread for me, you know? Um, and so he, for me, he was just another one of those, whoa, there it is, there it is, oh, look, there it is, and, oh, and, and, and more consistently. Mm-hmm. Some people, it's just, you know, the wisps. Um, but then they're, you know, it's like, well, thank you. You know, thank you for living that life and making that contribution. That That's a really great piece of the puzzle, you know? Yeah, it's, it really spoke to me quite a lot. I think the dream analysis, um, I found that helpful. Um, the fact that he spent a lot of time investigating and spending time and exploring with different native populations. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the divine feminine, yeah, all that was, yeah, really Marion Woodman is the one who brought in a lot of that um, divine feminine. Uh, I have had one of her books sitting on the side of my bed for a year. And uh, I, ha- I have so much trouble reading books. Um, so it's, it's really something that I read <laughs> yours, Jason. <laughs> but I'm glad I did. Um, but but I, I see evidence there. It's like, I, I just like to feel, feel it, sift through the pages and go, okay, thank you. You know, that's the validation I need to keep going inward and trusting, trusting this, right? But I, I don't, I, I know we've been talking a while and I want to make sure that we cover artificial intelligence. I have been talking, oh, we want to get onto AI. Okay. <laughs> I just, okay, it's been, I've been waiting for this topic to wrap up because artificial intelligence is an important topic. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was what David O'Shaughnessy studies in college, that and psychology. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to, to just reflect on, you know, what I read and learned about. <clears throat> you know, your exploration of Streber's work and others. Um, and just the, the, the creepiness of the feeling whenever we are directed to, to the mind and, and to space, right? That that's the answer. And that, um, I mean, some of these lines I was just like, I was just horrified. Um, Lines from Strieber. What's that? Lines from Strieber's material. Um, Just, you know, you weave, um, you use a lot of people, quotes from others too. But but this, but yeah, a lot of it um, just, and and I don't, I'm not trying to um, berate or, or be overcritical of anyone, Strieber included. It's it's just it, what I have trouble with is not the person, but the idea that that we we're better off by disengaging from the body and disengaging from Earth. That that is the biggest red flag I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. 
And, and we have to see that for what it is. Uh, that it's, this is, this is a, um, you know, I, I have translated these downloads quite often in this way. And this seems to be a topic that is, you know, this is the next trajectory for those who still believe or are, are willing to buy into this story that, that the earth is dying and humanity will die unless we find another planet. I mean, I can't, I can't even, it is so ridiculous. I just, I guess I'm speaking as somebody who has been practicing the anchoring and the embodiment. Once you know who you are, or you begin to experience the inner markers to keep orienting to it, that kind of material gets more and more ridiculous. That is not true. It is just not true. And so, but if you want to buy into that and extinguish the rest of your soul, essentially, then that would be the way to go. And I certainly hope that people wake up to that before a large number of people choose that. Thinking that they are nothing, thinking you've been programmed to be, to think that you're nothing. The programming worked well. It's you now inch by inch by inch. This is this is the evolution of where we're taking soulless human beings, right? I got a tickle in my throat. Yeah, I I I, I very much second what Eileen was saying. I'm just looking at some of my quotes and on that subject, and I have. written, find reading, listening to the something, make megalomaniac scenario planning rhetoric of persons mentioned, such as Wells Clark, space report writer, Kurzweil et al. It all comes into me as a sane, insane, manipulative, descriptive garbage, and most of all as grandiose, disembodied, disillusioned delusions but I just find a lot of it just kind of it's so disembodied yes so removed from nature and from it's so just extreme beyond removed from the feminine principle separated from it to such a degree that it's it's just unpalatable and not in, in any way a helpful way it just sounds like it's rubbish, like rubbish, rubbish, rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> Annoying and kind mm. of palatable. And I have as well written HG Wells, I want to vomit. You know, just when it starts to come in to me, I'm just not even to engage with it or debate it. Like, <laughs> what is this doing in the reality? What is this? How? <laughs> um, yeah. Because there's no balance whatsoever. It's the absence of balance. Mm -hmm. um, mm. And I, I think I have an understanding of how it came, came to be that way. And, you know, even bringing it 
Bach is just the extreme externalization and materialization from a position of void. And Jason, you kind of describe um, the mother thing. I, I, I think I describe it uh, or see it maybe perhaps a little differently just um, of motherless um, men <laughs> or that didn't have the nurturing uh, aspect or something. Um, and became, and maybe the other aspect was rewarded or uh, what's the word, manipulated or made to grow more and, and, and because they're rewarded for being what they're good at or maybe something that's dominant in them, they just keep growing, keep growing into this like imbalanced kind of monstrosity that eventually just keels over, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of <laughs> where we also can kind of see how we got here, but just listening to it, um, the lack of balance and some point the other should have been able to come in and the two work together and that would been how to move forward. Um, but the idea that you can just keep moving away from one and keep imposing your will on it and keep externalizing it in the material, um, it just, it becomes kind of comical, um, cartoon, gross, um, yeah. Yeah, one time I heard, um, I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast a couple from a couple years ago, and because um, I, I forget who the guest was, but he made a comment like, "Hell yeah, I'd sign up for uh, for for these technologies to blend with my brain," and you know, because you know I could be so much smarter. Mm -hmm. You're not, dude. You're not. You don't. You're not even aware of what you were designed with originally. That's the problem, is we've been moved away from our center. You know, don't embody, don't, you know, follow the, the, the church. They'll tell you what to do. Um, we've been moved away from this, uh, moved away from the feminine aspect of our being. And that is what makes us lopsided, as you were saying, Susie. It's just, it's lopsided and it will fail. Um, if we think that we can, we can evolve humanity into something half machine or all machine. I have another quote here. I don't know who it's from, but it, our society quite consciously tries to improve every other kind of society and institution. Why not religion? And I have asked, who is the society? Is it the society of Masons or? And then I have made the comment, the psychopathy and hubris of this statement is hard to take. Lack of awareness. Leave the task to madmen and wealth hungry frauds. And I also uh, made the comment that um, the, the super brain or whatever, plugging into the super brain, you know, this idea that they have maybe in their mind and maybe they really believe it, maybe they, they just, it's a joke and that or just a fantasy that they're painting for people. I don't know, maybe. I, I have another way of framing it, but go ahead. But I said like in reality, what that looks like is just people walking around and cycling on bikes with headphones and smartphones and not even being able to navigate a sidewalk and road, a rodent would make a better stab at it. Like the, the, the gap from 
where they're, what they're describing and talking about and the version of it manifesting around us. <laughs> mm. Yeah. It's a horror show. Yeah. Thinking, you know, artificial intelligence is a, I guess it's an oxymoron. Uh, <laughs> that's the short version of what I'm going to try and articulate and it's an externalization of something yes yeah so the intellect this is what Steiner talks about the intellect being the one part of the human system that can be separated from the body and this is why it's satanic not in itself as a tool or a lever that can be used to lure us into false realities. Yes. Um, so yeah, we, so we do that. We've disconnected our intelligence from our bodies, and then the art, the idea of an artificial intelligence is a way to externalize that and literalize it, and sell it back to us. And sell it back to us, but it's it, so it, like what is true and, and actual about our um, profound intelligence, intellectually and emotionally. Um, it is it is being this this mapping is being externalized. The mapping of what we already own, and it's being externalized and recreated in these you know, false scenarios and, and realities so that it can be sold back to us as look at how we, we can make you more intelligent. So instead of accepting or buying into that, continuing to buy that from outside of ourselves, the, the empowered trajectory is inward to rediscover this intelligence within ourselves and this infinite field of data that we're not even tapping into because we don't know what is it what we don't know what we don't know and if our attention is 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 out there and all of these smart scientists that are going to give us this intelligence Good luck. Um, that is not an empowering pathway, no matter how well marketed it is. That is the the you know like the Hopi prophecy rock, you know where you you stay with the land. Um, you 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 stay connected to the land, or you go in this other direction of um, separation from the land and from the body uh, and becoming um, part of the, a machine world. Down in the 
and talk but I can't because my quotes put it quite well but I have a quite a similar quote to that and it's more in reference very much what I need to say but it's about space and the and the whole plan to the space race and, and, and how that came about at similar time to the kind of individual freedom movement and it was just a means to orientate everyone to looking externally and externally to the point of something that's so far away we don't even know what it is and it's and that 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 was painted and presented to us as the ultimate freedom and it's mm. only a freedom from responsibility and from it's no freedom at all <laughs> it's just well, yeah. it's also, again, the counterfeit of something real because our cosmic body and our being is pretty big. We don't know if it includes planets and galaxies because we, you know, we're not too sure what they are. We've, we're getting all the information from NASA. So it's definitely compromised from the star. But yeah. we can look up at the stars. We can, we've got some direct experience of the vastness of, of the field we're in and that, that, that's our, our greater body. So it's not just some, you know, some tacky imitation. It's a pretty sophisticated reworking. I think it only works with, not only with men, that would be oversimplifying it, but it's, it's a lot easier to fool men with this kind of stuff, I think. Perhaps. But, but painting the idea that we would go there and we will live there and... The literalize, it's got to, you know, the fantasy has to be enactable. And I was just thinking the grass is always greener, especially if you can't even see it. So space is just this empty screen. You can project anything you want onto it. If yeah. you're desperate enough to just want to escape, you know, reality and any kind of reference point that would remind you of reality. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think what I'm getting back to you know, if there are some experiencers who have realized that there is a point and a purpose to this contact. And that, that is to um, reorient, ha have a, a pathway inward to discover that, that you have a pathway inward at the very least. Uh, <clears throat> 
so that you can begin to, to build this relationship with yourself and with that field, all of that otherness within your consciousness so that you can't be fooled anymore. You can't be hijacked when you know this and you re-identify with it. Mm. And so, you know, if we're in a position where we're gonna, we're gonna fight those people and no, we're not going. And, you know, it's like, how, and how ridiculous is that? Your best way forward is to be it. And when more and more of us become that which we were designed to be, which we've forgotten about, there's, they have no power, period. There's no power. There's no one to manipulate and coerce and control and, and, and feed this, you know, I'm the authority, here's the data you need. It's like, what? <laughs> you know that? You can't be fooled. You can't be controlled. All that power goes away. We give them that power. Them. I found it here. Shall I read it out? I think it's connected to what I... Okay. In fact, maybe the whole purpose of the space exploration gambit is to ferment in people's minds the idea that the answer lies out there. Mm -hmm redirection of our natural consciousness away from the inner way to provide all their and um, to provide answers to all their questions and desires this keeps people in a perpetually malleable directable state anything can be inserted ideology ways of living everything while building on the workaholic ethic big project engineering that never stops. That will get us to our goal. So that's, that's a quote. From me. <laughs> oh yeah, very good. Yeah, it, it, it actually, I was thinking, oh gosh, that's towards the end of the book, you know, something about that. Um, yeah, well said. So tagline of the X-Files as well. Yeah. Truth is out there. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I used to yell at the TV. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's, yeah, that's interesting. It's similar as, as other space um, TV show. Yeah. I think as well, what you were saying, Eileen, yeah, to, I agree at that point of, um, I think the best resistance or, I don't know, fight that you can do is to live well live fully live embodied live your own life live 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 your fullest life is the absolute best fight you've got to bring it all back home so that you know we're you know like the the one of the very first visions i got when i started when I realized, oh my God, this dialogue is happening now, um, is I was shown that that we're like this, I think I talked about this in one of my recordings recently, that that we're in a we're we're in this bubble that is actually floating above the real earth. Mm -hmm. 
and that we believe everything that's that we're given inside that bubble. And uh, some people though do find that their their feet fall through or they're, you know, they have these transformational experiences and then their foot lands on the real world. And it's like, what is this? This feels good or interesting or I'm drawn into this. And so then you begin this relationship with the actual earth versus, and you go back and forth between the bubble world and the actual world. And it's through this navigation that you um, dissolve the bubble. And that you stand on the real earth, and you you can you can no longer be influenced by that bubble world, and and so your your job or your your, your inspiration actually would be to practice or, or orient back to the real world. Um, so many of us were told in our childhood, you 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 can't be playing you know with this or that forever you got to go into the real world and you have to make a living you know all these phrases and and don't you know don't be an artist <laughs> because you won't be able to make a good living you'll starve you know all these rules um that to orient us to the bubble world and i think through some of these experiences that people have the the legs drop down onto the actual earth and and we start the process of reorienting to it um and then you have to be strong because if you you know when you start to share what you're experiencing in the real world connection people will laugh at you and judge you and so on and so forth but that's that's what is needed more than anything now. Not not a not a, a, a fight with those that are controlling us. Mm. Uh, what I was shown is that your feet have to be on the real world in order for that to be a non-issue. If you're still floating in the bubble and you're trying to have a fight inside the bubble, you're still agreeing that the bubble is is real. Yeah. And so you have to reorient to what is true and what is real. Then if you still feel like you need to fight with something, which you probably won't, once you reorient, um, it just goes away. Um, it's, it's just, it's, it, it all, every bit of it comes down to our consciousness. That, that's it, period. This is what I've learned. This is, you know, other people might have other words and explanations, but all I can do is share my data and listen to yours and, and say, wow, yes, 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 yes. Or hmm, I see it slightly differently. Nobody's right or wrong. Um, in this, in, in, when we're sticking our feet through the bubble and we're, we're anchoring down into the real world, there isn't an argument. It's, oh, you see the pine trees? What, what bird do you see in that pine tree? Oh, I see a woodpecker. Oh, I don't see a woodpecker. I'm watching an eagle fly up above. You know, it's like, that's not wrong. I mean, you're just seeing different aspects through different lens of, of 
this real world reorientation. But if you're inside the bubble and you're comparing notes, then that's you're already starting on a false foundation. Not even it's not even a foundation. It's it's a fake world. Yeah. The picture that you're describing, the bubble, reminds me of that one old alchemical drawing. I don't know if you may know it, and the guy is in a half. Mm -hmm. And he's looking out, and I think he's got a staff. And yeah, I've used that one a lot. Yeah. I really like that painting. Yeah. That drawing or whatever it is. It really came to mind. Yeah. Yeah. Might dig it out. Well, I wonder if we're half in and we're half out, um, if it's possible or this is theoretical and is trying to stay with Eileen's metaphor, if it's possible to leave prematurely uh, in such a way that we leave parts of ourselves in the bubble in order to get out. And I'm thinking specifically of the intellect here because um, the intellect has been so misused and we've, the intellect's been used as Eileen was saying, to condition and program us into certain beliefs, to create a matrix, not just outside of us, but inside of us. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be possible without the trauma, by the way. I think we should reintroduce the trauma here. It's the only reason we're susceptible to that kind of programming. Yeah. But because of that, there's a tendency to distrust the intellect. Mm -hmm. And the intellect, well, is innocent really it's just it's a part of our configuration that's been misused by forces but the, the intellect itself isn't it might be complicit and maybe this is the key when i was saying there isn't a five i agree absolutely i've always said that the only way to win is not to fight but there is a struggle to recognize our complicit complicity and to extract ourselves in the right way a, so that we are extracting us, so we're withdrawing our consent, and B, that we're not doing it by injuring ourselves or by cutting off a part of us that's in the clutches of the controllers, which which would be our intellect, which is where the whole new age thing is. It's so, it's so insidious, isn't it? Because the new age has been socially engineered by these top-heavy intellectuals, but the, the, the mass market appeal of it, like most many cults, is... Uh, oh, just give us your intellect, you know, and stop thinking. Don't question. Just believe. Just trust. It's all good. It's all love. It's all light. It's all right. No critical thinking. No judgment. No discrimination. And there's countless no ways we can yeah. that. Now that the intellect's been demonized by the very people who are using it to control us. Mm -hmm. So there's there's a there's a there's a trap in here, and that's why I mentioned it was very condensed and shorthand, but it. As a guy, you know, I was writing about what might have been my peers, or they're much older than me, but a lot of them were men that I'd admired. I kind of wanted to be part of that club. Certainly, if it, you know, the spectrum I trace isn't just Clark and Kubrick and Kurtzfu and the guys I don't like, it's Castaneda and Strieber and the guys I do like. Uh, even Steiner was quite top heavy in a lot of ways, right? So, so it's a very large spectrum. and. Yeah, so I'm writing about from the inside to, 
to to show how easy it is to be seduced by these intellectual pseudo solutions and how the use of the intellect uh well it's not all bad i mean it's actually essential to to see the ways that we've been manipulated and abused our own intellect we also need our intellect we need yes. to strike Arthur's sword. We need to pull it out of that stone that it's been cemented in to keep us locked in inside that bubble. Uh, well, it, it, I totally agree, Jason. It's in like we were saying earlier. It's a reorientation, an adjustment with where where does the intellect fit with into our wholeness? Um, it just it's just a reorientation. It isn't a, a, a dismissal of it in any way. Yeah. I, I greatly, I, I said this to you in, in our podcast, Jason, it's like, I, I really love what you do. I love that you weave all of these things together. And I love, um, you know, this excitement of, of discovering, you know, we're all discovering that there's, there's more beyond that. It doesn't, we don't dismiss it. We don't kill it off. We we embrace it, but but we um, suspend it. There's a there's a kind of a suspension that has to happen with only relying on the intellect. So so we have these powerful experiences, and then and then we have to find our way back. We have to reorient. It's like wait, the thinking mind isn't working like it used to, especially you know, Susie in relating about what happens in the Kundalini event, um, it's like, oh man, I have to approach life completely differently. Um, and, and, and since I've been putting myself back together again, which I liken to the bubble dissolves. Every piece of us, whether it's buried in the real world, the earth, these aspects of me that come visiting, that want to help me reorient or whether it's these intellectual fractured pieces of ourselves that were in the bubble. Once the bubble dissolves, it all falls back down to the, the foundational ground of our being. And then we can put these pieces back together again. Um, and, 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 and we are, we are actively doing this. This is, we are doing this and we do it with each other. People have a tendency to think that this, this some magical outside thing is gonna happen and then we're gonna be lifted, we're gonna ascend, we're gonna go up in the rapture, we're gonna, you know, those are all concepts um, because I agree that is what's happening, but it's because we are choosing to be conscious of it and engage with it. I wonder if our pieces get mixed up even. Like, oh, this this isn't mine. Maybe this is yours. Do you recognize that? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I think though what Dave Dave describes as breaking up with the mind, and I think it kind of can occur naturally if you're participating in it and being conscious of it, that it, that it 
starts to find its natural place. Mm -hmm. um, mm. You don't go, no, well, for me, don't, no, not in, I find it just like, like an egg, just, or like a sloughing off as, as Steiner calls, and it's still there, it's totally there when I need it. And it's there functioning really properly, beautifully when I need it, when I'm not putting it in charge of everything. Right. And not putting it yet, everything into it and investing everything into it. But when it goes into its proper place, then it's a, a beautiful, helpful thing that, that guides you and moves you. Um, and yet does its job very well when, when it's required to do so, but it's so not as, it's so over, overly dominant and, and mm. so much more emphasis put on it by us individually and, and by society, the need for it. And it's very alluring thing, the intellect. And I know I was incredibly um, left brained or, you know, intellect um, in, the, in the thrall of it. And mm. I thought it was gonna be, you know, I, I, you know, by being smarter all the time and, being right, <laughs> it was a big thing for me in my 20s and it was very painful, shattering. Um, you know, yeah, I was up against it a lot. So, and, and now it's, 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 it's strange to see um, that I'm in a different position. I'm still the same person. I'm more recognizable to myself, but more kind of as the person I was. Um, when I came in or when I was a kind of a child and my family have said that to me as well, you know, you're very like yourself, but I don't have to uh, need to be right. And I was quite, you know, loved heavy. And I used to, this is sound weird, but I used to think I'd like someone to argue me into bed, you know, a good argument, a good debate, you know, get the intellect going. <laughs> and now I just think, oh God, horror, you know, how draining and how, I want to be, I like to talk, we're having a nice conversation, but it's just funny that to see that shift um, in myself is quite amusing. I used to even like be drawn to those types of uh, characters. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, intellectual, powerful and have the answers. And, and I, I think it's because I didn't have um, uh, a kind of a worldly father someone to discuss and you know um that part of me that was needed and my mother very artistic and creative so there was an abundance of that so I was looking more for the link kind of but now I've come back more to the yeah the middle point I think and more playful and yeah easier and let the intellect do its work but it's funny kind of watching the, the, the like the natural dissolution of it um happening kind of on a daily process it's mm -hmm. kind of it's it's curious it's interesting and what was dissolving just the thoughts and mind and thinking about things you know uh, more mind emptying i guess more a bit, and habitual probably habitual tracks or grooves and Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the mind, maybe. More gaps, more just going into a space of. Yeah. 
and also more noticing sensations are being because yeah. this is, I mean this is what I was trying present. to get to I think with my intellect was you know what is the intellect we don't actually know we certainly don't know what the mind is I mean you could talk to a hundred philosophers in a hundred years and none of them would agree right so we don't know what the mind is the intellect's a little closer to something definable categorizes things it measures it problem solves to me the core of the intellect is problem solving and i love problem solving and it can be fun and that and that's very different from trying to save the world uh, or trying to kill everyone you don't agree with right these different extremes but anyway you know what is the intellect in its pristine form maybe it's like a sword um but i also see it like something more complex um maybe that's just me maybe i'm over complexifying it but certainly something very um well what Sue's describing it's just very smooth running and functional and i kind of want to say machine but but just you know a beautiful mm -hmm. machine a really mm -hmm. beautiful machine that just works so efficiently mm -hmm. as an internal system uh and uh uh, only engages when it's needed, right? as opposed to just constantly um, tilting at windmills, as the expression from Don Quixote, you know, constantly conjuring up demons to battle with and creating problems to solve. And mm -hmm. um, that to me is more the mind, right? the mind and the constructed identity. And most of what the mind does is solving imaginary problems which relate. To, and there might be real inquiries like climate change or, or whatever, you know, we can, the world's got this endless you know, uh, disaster movie playing that will give us things to project onto. But mostly I'd say there are problems in the past that obviously they're, they're unsolvable because they're in the past, but things that didn't happen that we wanted to happen or happened that we didn't want to happen to trauma, in other words. That, and then the mind is configured this endlessly repeating loop mm -hmm. that seems to me that that's that's the thing somehow the satanic implant that's that's seized and co-opted the intellect mm -hmm. and now using the intellect in these perverse ways including in ways that we a culture to admire you know? mm -hmm. so, yeah. Kubrick, i thought a lot i thought a lot about this the question what is it what you know yeah. what is it what what is it you know what comes to mind for me is the is kind of like a director for into the reality that that you find yourself within you know like ultimately is it that we have the inspiration the vision and then the intellect the ego um, comes in to to bring it into form to define it to uh, create a pathway for it is that, does that make sense? I think it has, or it's all, I'm having anyways, it has to do with bringing coherence. So, because yeah. the existence is, everything is happening, right? Every moment. Right? Yeah. So much is happening that it's as if everything is happening, really. I mean, atoms, molecules, but I mean, it's just, it's overwhelming. There's no way. To possibly process it all so the intellect so in this sense the intellect is always doing something it's always organizing data but that 
that doesn't have to be to solve a problem unless you consider existence a problem, which I suppose we do at this point. But but in our pristine state, existence isn't a problem. The infinite isn't a problem. Okay, now we get to the title. What makes us prisoners of infinity is trauma. And the whole of existence becomes a problem. We become overwhelmed just by how vast we are. Um, but we have the intellect to handle that. Does something like the human body, which is different from other animal bodies, has this aspect that tragically can be separated from the body in some way, so it can be used satanically, but it is part of the body. And somehow the human body with this internal um, processing thing called the intellect can incarnate the infinite in a way that no other body can. I just keep getting taken back to the bubble analogy. And it's like, <clears throat> if, if the ego intellect, if the intellect is, is only finding its resources within, you know, one library, the bubble, then, then it's, it's limited. What, you know, and we're asking the question, what, what happens when the bubble dissolves? And then what is the mind and the intellect for, you know, we're just used to it being manager right. of this smaller reality. So what does it become? How does it reorient? And I guess that's what we, we're going to discover more and more as we go. Yeah. Mercury, of course, Mercury is intellect and Mercury is a metal. I mean, it's fluid. It's not solid. Yeah. It's liquid. When you were talking, I was thinking it's like an, an evolutionary necessity for a kind of a, a lens to function with the information coming in because we are in physical body and it's through the five senses it's yeah like a, an organizing system or an orientation system but but if we become more energetic beings <laughs> yeah. well maybe so could you use the word dissolve so maybe the intellect the mercury got frozen yeah, yeah. frozen thing and it needs to melt and become its yeah. true nature and then it's it can't be contained mm -hmm. yeah and that it can work in synergy with with our instinctual nature you know what does yeah. that look like spontaneity yeah yeah because yeah. that's i mean that seems to be one of the symptoms of a of a, of a, a traumatized intellect is we, we don't have spontaneity. This is in the book as well, the eros, that, you know, that we reject, we separate eros from spirituality because we're so mm -hmm. afraid of, of the spontaneity of the body. And then we, and, and you know, this bubble is the quarantine life force, a portion of the life force is going to be quarantined and isolated and safe from. And heavily regimented. Yeah, and policed. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to um, transition from our conversation, sadly. It's not that I'm losing energy. It's, I love this, but I have to go attend to something else now. Well, it's been an unusually long uh, one, but then yeah. there were three of us. So. <laughs> yeah. It went by in the blink of an eye for me. Mm. Thank you for, uh, for doing this, for coming together, both Jason and Susie. It's 
I, I do enjoy this very much. Yeah, well, thank you both. Also, I feel that in a number of ways, this is like a transitional liminal Esther, because as you may know, I'm, I'm ending it, and I feel as though I could end it already. You know, I've promised 300, so 15 more or something, but I think it's going to, like, the, our intellect is going to dissolve and mm. will form us, I hope, and so this feels like a transitional one because it's broken the mold in a number of ways. It's three, mm -hmm. three of us and Susie Moore, the host. And, and anyway, and yeah, I'm just hoping it will. Men, men and women, more, more <laughs> females. Yeah, I'm outnumbered out for once. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>that epic conversation with Eileen and Susie don't know what will be next week if there will be next week I'm breaking with my super tight routine and regime there'll just be a podcast when I can get one up or should I say when I can get it up love I do have some ideas though in the day